0: Greetings, listeners. You have found The Horror Returns. For all of you who delight in dread, fantasize about fear, and glorify gore, welcome home. This is the podcast that proves the horror never ends. Each episode, we will seek out and review a brand new horror movie, then go back and find a classic work with similar themes, looking at both similarities and differences. Our goal is to explore how our perceptions of fear remain the same from generation to generation, but also to point out how the presentation can change based on the social and the political climate of the times. Although we always do our best to avoid spoiling the new release, sometimes it may be necessary to talk about certain details in the course of our conversation. We generally assume you guys have already seen the classic film, so there will often be spoilers ...when we're discussing anything that has been out for at least a year. The other thing we may do from time to time is use a few four-letter words. This is a horror podcast, and horror movies tend to be R-rated, so you can pretty much expect us to be, too. I'm Lance, and with me tonight are my regular co-hosts, Brian and Philip. What's up? Uh, we're also joined this week by two very special guests. We, <laughs> we, we kind of knew we had to call in some true comic book professionals... Uh, so tonight we are joined by Jack Falvey IV, contributing editor and podcaster at Binge Media, as well as Dan Janes, DC Comics expert and audio engineer, also a podcaster. Uh, guys, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and where our listeners can find you? Jack, you want to go first?
1: Uh, yeah sure so uh, before we even get into that uh, Lance very excited to uh, finally be speaking to you sir and uh, be able to uh, you know contribute a little bit on this show I think you guys have been knocking out of the park so far I've really enjoyed all the episodes so uh, it's awesome to be here so thanks for having me
2: thanks man um, yeah
1: thank you so uh, so yeah I'm at BingeMedia.net. net um, I'm over there with uh, Jim Law and Johnny Moreno and the rest of those assholes um, I. Occasionally write some blogs when I'm angry enough to do so. <laughs> um, but uh, I record a bunch of podcasts with those guys, uh, GameCast pretty regularly. Um, Wake and Bake with Bob Ross has been pretty popular as of late. Um, covered the Game of Thrones commentaries this past year. Regular contributor to the Benchcast, so I'm kind of all over the place. I'll be doing some of the sports commentaries for the, uh, the upcoming year. I think we're doing Caddyshack next, so it's coming in a few weeks. Um, all sorts of stuff over there.
0: Now, wait a minute. Wake and Bake with Bob Ross. You're talking Mm. about The Painter? What in the fuck is that? (laughs) That sounds
1: awesome. (laughs) So, for those of you who don't know what it is, um, and I've told this story on the uh, first episode if you want to go back and listen to it, but basically one day I was at work and I was kind of frustrated with my day. I work in IT and as such you deal with people. Sometimes things don't go well and uh, I was having a bad day, so... I wasn't really in the mood to listen to a podcast or any music or anything like that, so I kind of went down a rabbit hole on YouTube of ASMR videos trying to find something to, you know, kind of find my uh, happy place, so to speak. Right. And I was on YouTube, and I was looking up ASMR videos, and like the third or fourth one down was a Bob Ross painting video. And I knew who Bob Ross was. My buddy used to have a shirt that said, like, Happy Trees in, in high school. So, you know, I was aware of the guy. I had seen a little bit of what he does. But um, I said, fuck it. You know, I'll, I'll put it on. I'll listen to it while I'm working. And it just calmed me right down. And uh, it was great. And then and uh, I was on a binge cast that week. And we were talking about what we had watched. And right. um, as we were going through it, the idea struck me. Hey, wouldn't it be great to get somebody like fucking Jim Kupka on? Who is high as balls all the time. And uh, we'll call it Wake and Bake with Bob Ross. We'll do a couple commentaries for episodes of The Joy of Painting. Wow. Yeah. So we're (laughs) on. uh, Yeah. So we'll be on episode four coming next week. All right. uh, Yeah. We'll uh, we'll see where it goes. But people seem to like it. Awesome.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, man. We'll, we'll definitely post all the links on our, uh, on our, our Facebook page and, and, our, and our Podbean page so people can check that out. That little nice. tree
1: is definitely happy, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it gets intense when you start uh, memorizing the different colors that he uses. Cad, yellow, phthalo, blue, titanium, white. It's always white. You know, white. You know, wow. White. But the H
3: first.
0: All right. Well, hey Dan, you want to tell us a little bit about what what you've been up to and your and your background in podcasting?
3: Um, yeah, absolutely. First off, I really want to say that that wake and bake with Bob Ross sounds fantastic. I'm definitely going to be checking that out on my commutes. Um, so yeah, I've been podcasting for about four or five years, five years ago. About was when the idea kind of formed and then four years ago was when execution actually happened um, and then I've had various amounts of podcasts running at any given time uh, from one, two, four uh, currently I am not doing many because I have done, let's see it's run through, Mainframe Chronicle is about the uh, 90's TV show reboot from Canada that is very short-lived, so that one is packaged and finalized. Uh, We have a Rogue Arrow podcast about the TV show Arrow, which is on indefinite hiatus until they start doing a good show again. Uh, (laughs) Similarly, the the, the Coulson Lives podcast is about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That one will probably not ever come back, because we (laughs) weren't... i don't know a little bit lofty in the thinking that show would be good uh and it never really got there but we stuck with it for almost two full seasons before we called it quits there the final show is the cinemasters podcast uh, about just films in general we hit just about everything over there uh that's on kind of a break while uh things got busy in our lives and just needed some time off. Um, we're hoping to get that back going here soon, but until that actually happens, I'm not actually doing many podcasts. Yeah, if you want to check them out, just go to almproductions.net. Uh, it has links to everything from there. So cool.
0: Yeah, I hope hope you guys do put another Cinemasters show together pretty soon because I always enjoy that
3: yeah yeah we're trying to you know people are busy um we're also all the way across the com- country and in the wrong direction i can't really stay up late and i'm on the east coast so that doesn't work out very well right
0: all right guys well the first thing that we always do on the show is kind of go around round table and just kind of cover some of the highlights of what we've checked out this week uh, you know other than what we watch watched for the show so uh Hey Brian, you wanna you wanna get the get the ball rolling here, man?
4: Yeah, um, I did a rewatch of uh, Ash versus uh, Evil Dead. Oh, did a rewatch nice. of the first season. I watched it, dude. It's uh, awesome.
3: <laughs> uh,
4: still, still very good show. I'm super excited for the next season. When's it start? Uh, I believe October second, I believe.
5: Okay. I was digging it, and, man. Uh, I really like that show.
4: Finished the series of uh, Penny Dreadful.
0: Oh, you're all done?
4: Yeah, um, a lot of people are, are petitioning to get the show a season four. That they, they don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're third, yeah, huh? yeah, they 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 um they pretty much ended all the storylines, and right. on top of that, third season is probably the worst season. So,
2: okay,
5: it, is it gosh, worth watching?
4: Yeah. Uh, if you're into like Dracula and Doctor Frankenstein, I, I would give it a try, but. I had said before, it's not for everybody.
5: Yeah. But, I saw it on Netflix, and I, I really want to give it a shot. I just haven't jumped off that bridge yet. You know what I mean?
4: Last thing I checked out is um, Stranger Things.
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's another Netflix one, right?
4: Yeah. Um, I really liked the show. It was uh, it's pretty good. Um, I didn't binge watch it because uh, I heard a lot of people were just watching all eight episodes kind of spaced it out mm-hmm. but um this is pretty good that's uh pretty much uh all i watched
0: cool yeah i've checked a couple of those out i think you forgot to mention one of the big highlights of our week last week dude
4: oh do you um, not
0: remember a little movie we had to watch for another podcast we guessed it on uh called horror Copia?
4: <laughs> oh did
0: you did you not watch Aval- did you not watch avalanche sharks fucking avalanche sharks
4: <laughs> Uh, i erased that movie from my memory
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well that that was that was pretty much it for me for the week was fucking avalanche sharks and the cu- first couple of episodes of stranger things too yeah man i did
5: uh i did ash versus the evil dead i watched the whole first season and it is as awesome as the previews make it look i, I was super impressed with it finally saw star trek Sorry, I missed it for the podcast, guys. <laughs> but uh, it was it was pretty awesome, and I think we've already covered that. Um, I did see Ghostbusters. Oh, you did? Yeah. Cool. It was it was actually pretty funny, man. It was uh, it's it. I didn't know if they'd be able to pull off that uh that improv back and forth throwing jokes at each other thing that that those group of people do. And uh, they did it. They pulled it off, and I—I I thought it was pretty decent. I mean, it's not classic Ghostbusters. This movie's not going down in history or anything, but uh, it was definitely worth the watch. I thought.
0: Worth the watch, huh? Yeah. I think I—I I, I think this, someone on this podcast has referred to it as misogyny on film or something. Is that right, Jack?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mis- <laughs> misogyny, the movie.
0: There you go. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah.
5: Because- Freaking, uh, they had Thor in there, you know, and he's <laughs> right. he's just the man candy the
1: whole time. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a delight that one. So. What was uh, he's what,
5: fucking funny in that movie, man? He's so retarded.
0: <laughs> what was your what was your week like, Jack?
1: Um, actually, I was in your wheelhouse most of the week. I was uh, I was catching up. Well, not catching up, but finally going through uh, Star Trek: Next Generation. So. Awesome. Couple episodes of that. Um, I did notice something kind of interesting though. So I go pretty deep with uh, with sci-fi flicks. And right. um, have any of you guys ever seen the original Solaris? Not the George Clooney one, the Russian one.
0: I have. I haven't seen the Russian one. No. no.
1: Nope. So it's like it's fucking impossible to explain without watching it. It's just a weird movie, but it's it's good. But one of the first episodes of this first season, it was called like uh, "Where No One Has Gone Before." Mm-hmm. The, the premise was this guy i think his name was like kaczynski he comes on the ship with this alien and he has some code that makes the warp go to warp 10 right and they end up going like 500 light years out of the galaxy or something
0: i remember that one
1: yeah that part of that episode is taken right from solaris so i thought that was kind of a cool homage but Hmm. um interesting yeah it's good stuff but but yeah so watch that um as I was going through it, it was reminding me of Battlestar Galactica. So I watched the first four episodes of the third season with the uh, escape from New Caprica and all that shit. Right, um, which is a fucking amazing. If you guys haven't watched it, it's it's better than ninety five percent of sci fi movies I've seen. This like one stretch of BSG episodes is amazing. But, wow, um, I
0: never got into that. It. Yeah, that that was the that out. was the one where they set up that colony on the planet.
1: Yeah, and they fucking blink beneath the uh shield on the planet and just free fall and the fighter jets come out and oh, it's the best
0: shit. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love Battlestar Galactica, man. I'll have to check that one out, man.
1: Yeah, it's a great series. Then uh rewatching Rick and Morty again, still hilarious. What else? That may that may have been it. There was a oh, there was a rewatch of uh, Almost Famous in there while I was cooking the other night, just having a great time with that movie. But that's a cool movie. Yeah.
0: Hey, you talk so, about Almost Famous. Uh, are you watching that show Roadies at all?
1: I tried. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not... It, not your cup of tea? There's like this thing. I was talking about this last night, actually. So, like, the first 40 minutes of Almost Famous for me are, are goddamn perfect. Like, yeah. I just feel I'm I'm right on that vibe. It's all my favorite music. I mean, the fact that the kid... You know that Tommy is an integral part of his fucking upbringing is the best for me because the Who's my favorite band, so right. Um, So like I love Almost Famous, but I really love the first forty minutes. Roadies seems like it's paying attention to the shit and Almost Famous about like the groupies and stuff, and not really like the music side of it and the cool band shit. And I just couldn't deal with it. I got through like half of the first episode and I tapped out. I just said, you know, it, it's it's just not for me. So
0: all right, well that, that's that's all I need to hear, man. So when yeah. you're you're watching the Next Generation episodes, have you have you gotten to that that stinker yet? Called Code of Honor.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Like, <laughs> I think that was the second episode. That was rough. Right. Oh, <laughs> it, it was like mildly racist too. Like, of course, they were all black people. Sure. That were tribal fucking Absolutely. assholes.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) All right, well, it sounds like you had a pretty busy week. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Dan, what about you, man? Mine was uh, fairly decent. I'm going to repeat
3: a lot of what was already said. Uh, Finished up Stranger Things this morning. I thought it was pretty great, Uh, very nicely done all around. And the biggest praise I could give it is that they let it die at eight episodes like they didn't try to stretch it out like most netflix shows have been doing right uh so that's that's pretty good uh i think it perfectly reached what it was trying to do so that was great uh then i watched the first episode of penny dreadful this morning and not fully sold on it yet but definitely intrigued uh and... Damn it. That's like the same review I hear from everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's alright. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm actually taking it out, out of my Netflix queue right now, guys. <laughs> you 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 guys you guys have me convinced. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know.
3: It's a really cool premise, but it didn't capture me after one episode but at least. One of those wish it was better kind of things? Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek was pretty great. saw that last weekend. Um, Hoping to get to Ghostbusters sometime soon.
0: Alright, well, uh, as uh, with every show, guys, it's time to take a little trip down to the trailer park. We take a look at the big, the small, and sometimes the very, very weird. Brian, what's our first new trailer to talk about this
4: week? Okay, so um, pretty much this show, we're going to do a recap of uh, Comic-Con. So the first one, we're just going to go ahead and go with the big one first, uh, the Justice League.
0: Yeah, so, kind of just like Batman sitting down and interviewing him and saying, oh, you're the one who goes fast. Oh, you're the one with the invisible plane. Is that is that the one you're talking about, or was there a different trailer out than that one?
4: No, nah, that was the... Uh, <laughs> The few scenes that they had shot that they cut together as a—it wasn't really a trailer. Pretty much, it More was just something to show. Yeah, yeah.
5: I have high hopes for this. I need—they need to do good things, and I want to see Affleck's Batman before they keep drilling on all the other DC movies that come out.
1: Because <laughs>
5: I like Affleck as a director, man.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, did anybody else think that they were overdoing the Aquaman shit in this trailer, though? Like, they're overcompensating for him being a bitch forever by, like, you know, him being the tough guy that's shirtless, that fucking <laughs> has to be drinking a beer before he jumps into the water like a
4: fucking douchebag. Like, what the yeah. fuck is that, man? Yeah, I've I, I seen that, you know. Of course, you know, after he drinks the bottle, he has to smash it on the ground. And... Totally, because he's a fucking man. It's
1: Caldrogo, Drogo, man. <laughs> well dude you know, i talk to fish bro fuck you
5: are you gonna watch an aquaman movie that's got jared leto as aquaman
1: i don't know man <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean because he's
5: always been the pretty boy uh you know dude aquaman is not your your high caliber superhero guy and when they put cal drogo in it and i'm like Whoa, aquaman is
1: suddenly tough <laughs> Yeah, maybe, and I, I think I might have a bit more confidence in like James Wan, or he, he's directing it, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure the Aquaman. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah he's directing
2: yeah. it. I've awesome. I, I got yeah. some
1: confidence in him. He's made a lot of good movies, so you know, hopefully, he doesn't fucking. I don't know. It just seemed like they were they were doing everything in their power to just swing the pendulum in the other direction. Yeah. It's like no, man, you've it. never seen Aquaman overcompensating. Yeah, a little, little <laughs> bit. A little bit wouldn't surprise me. Zack Snyder probably needs to do it a lot. So
5: <laughs> Aquaman drives a big old jacked up truck with giant wheels on it and
1: shit. <laughs> probably listens to Black Sabbath all the time too. <laughs>
4: how do you, uh, how did you guys feel about uh, Ezra Miller as the Flash?
3: He looks like he's having fun with it, which is good to see. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, that counts for a lot. Doesn't seem like he has a lot to work with, which is troubling. Yeah, He seems
1: fine. I I do still think it's really weird that, like, for whatever reason, the TV universe and the movie universe aren't the same, but I don't know. I mean, I I like the TV flash. I've seen a little bit of that. Whatever. I mean, whatever they want to do. I don't really, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I hope it's good. I hope every movie's good. I have no I reason know, to right? think any movie would be bad, you know? Sure. We'll see when it comes out, and hopefully it'll not suck.
4: <laughs> right? I hope so. Okay, um, next trailer we're going to move on to is Wonder Woman.
0: Okay, I found this one to be pretty interesting.
4: I don't, I don't know if I'm on board for it. I,
1: I'm, yeah? I, I'm kind of already tapped out of it.
0: Yeah? I, no kidding. What is it? Is it just the... Uh, historical nature of it the the fact that it's kind of a period piece it looks like for the most part
1: i just think it's awkward the way that this is all laid out like you had batman v superman where wonder woman shows up right and then in quick succession we're going to get justice league which she's in and we're going to get the wonder woman origin story okay when i feel like we're just like treading water with the wonder woman origin story like you're already establishing that she's in the universe and she's doing whatever she's doing you know I don't know. It seems like a really weird choice to make an origin movie with her right now. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but it, that, it just seems like odd timing.
5: I think that was the problem with Batman versus Superman and the whole DC universe in general is they're trying to do too much at once to catch up with Marvel because right. you know, they've been churning out movies, and DC's right. like, hey, we got a bunch of cool guys, too. Let's throw them all into one movie and then spit out 15 movies over the next year or two. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, know, I was I, I was actually kind of intrigued by it. I, I if they if they stick to just a period piece around World War One and you know focus just on those characters, to me that would be very refreshing. Um, because in my opinion, a lot of these DC movies just try to cram way too many characters and too many plot lines into one movie.
5: That makes sense.
0: I I thought Wonder Woman was the best part of Batman vs Superman. Man,
5: I'm kind of on board with this movie. I'll watch it. Hopefully, it's good.
0: What do you think, Dan?
3: I'm torn, because the side of me that just wants a fun movie really enjoyed the trailer. But the side of me that realizes that this is 2016, and she shouldn't be wearing a a dress that she has to pull up every five seconds, otherwise she's going to be flashing everyone. And (laughs) she shouldn't be fucking wearing high heels. Like, that. It's totally dumb. Like it's just a huge missed opportunity for, you know, being like, "Hey, we're going to address this idiotic design." Right. And get on with our lives. But they didn't do that, so that's disappointing and gives me pause for the movie.
0: I can
5: see that. But hey, it's still a comic book movie and uh she is super hot. So <laughs> That never hurts. But yeah, um, you're right. She probably should have something a little more uh, utility style.
3: Maybe at least like
1: not stress. using her top. <laughs> doesn't doesn't she have some like her, the guy who created her has some weird title like S and M and dominatrix shit. Really? I'm almost positive that, like, part of the reason that she was invented was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I should have thought of this beforehand. Oh, the because f- she's got her little lasso and stuff. Yeah, because the guy the, the guy who wrote... Who originally created her was a real fucking creep from what I remember reading. I just Wow! Oh,
0: Dude, you're blowing my mind, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, she doesn't come from the most, like, PC place to begin with, but... Right. Yeah. I, I gotta...
5: I, if I think about it in that direction...
1: Uh... Kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Wow. Okay. That that, ad, yeah. that adds a whole new angle to it.
1: I uh, yeah. I got I got to look it up though. But so so maybe later Thank in the show I'll
4: find it for you. But, but yeah.
1: all
0: right. Yeah, hey, man. That that sounds good, man. You're on. Uh,
4: was anybody? Does anybody else have anything to add to Wonder Woman? Or
0: no, not really.
4: Okay. Um, gonna move on to the the only trailer that uh, Marvel Marvel released was uh, Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah, I haven't uh now this is a new one, right? I haven't seen this one. I I did see the uh the older one that had the the uh inceptiony part to yeah, it it's it in it's new
4: York. it's not too different from the the teaser one they revealed. They just uh added a couple extra scenes to this one.
5: Right? Man, I bet you 20 bucks That's going to be a cool ass movie. I was going to say more and then I stopped myself. No, <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: I'm definitely looking forward to Doctor Strange. No yeah. doubt.
1: Well, Marvel's got the pedigree now. Like, they have to go out of their way to convince me to not see their shit at this point. Right, yeah. Well,
5: and they space it out enough to where if they bring a new character in, they're not bringing in 50 of them in one fucking movie. They're doing their own movie, and
1: that's that. Well, they're pretty smart about, I I think, some of the riskier characters. Like, if you look at Ant-Man, Ant-Man has a very, like, tertiary connection to the rest of the Marvel Universe in the first movie. Mm -hmm. like. You know, there, there are scenes that, like, you know, obviously Falcon's involved and, like, the Pym Particle and all that stuff. But if Ant-Man was a failure, Marvel could have just said, okay, we fucked up with that one. Let's move right. on, you know, because it doesn't affect anything else. I feel like that's what will happen with Doctor Strange. You know, they'll they'll take some risks and they'll keep it fairly isolated from everything else
2: mm-hmm. in
1: the off chance that it's a fuck-up. That way they cover themselves, you know. It's a, it's a much smarter way of going about it than... The other camp but i think with benedict cumberbatch though they've got a recipe for success
5: there and ant-man i was i thought that was fucking stupid when i first saw the preview i was like really ant-man that's who we're bringing out here (laughs) and uh
0: man the movie was awesome (laughs) yeah i love (laughs) ant-man yeah it was really good yeah safe to say marvel knows what they're doing right yeah Uh, yeah i'd say so
4: next one we're going to talk about is kong skull island
0: I'm excited for it. Philip. you didn't seem to be as, as excited. Man, it looks like it has a good cast, but I
5: keep getting suckered into these stupid fucking like Godzilla and King Kong movies, and then they always suck. <laughs> it fucking makes <laughs> oh, me mad. Come on,
0: man, dude. This
5: it. one's got a cool-ass <laughs> cast, so I'm like, God damn it, all right, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to get excited for it. It better not fucking suck. <laughs>
0: yeah, with Tom, Tom Hiddleston and John Goodman, I mean, you you can't go wrong. Yeah, I
1: love John Goodman, man. That guy's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. He's a a goddamn treasure. He's one of the greatest living actors. I never think of him when people ask me favorite actors, but he's amazing. I know, yeah. We we sort of take him for
0: granted, don't we?
1: I mean, his work alone with the Coens is fucking amazing. You know, just Barton Fink at the end of the the movie running down a flaming hallway just screaming. It's fucking incredible. (laughs) I think the trailer looks pretty good. I mean, whatever. You know, I'm hoping it's more... uh, I don't know Jungle Book than Tarzan. Put it that way. Um,
5: All right,
0: fair enough. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see
1: Tarzan, man.
0: Yeah, I mean the yeah the only the only thing that bothered me a little bit was it it did kind of remind me a little bit too much of the Jack Black movie from a few years ago. I mean, as far as some of the same setups and stuff like that.
1: See, I I think I'm in the minority with that movie because I was talking to my brother and a couple of his buddies the other night about this. I really like that movie. I, I still do. Like, I really like the extended right? cut and everything because I love the original. And okay. I remember watching the documentaries on the like the second and third discs of the DVD set, and like the meticulous detail that Jackson went through to you know put the little references in and all that stuff. And yeah, you know Jack Black isn't maybe the best choice for, yeah, for the uh, you know on the acting side. But I thought Naomi Watts was pretty good. It's like Ray and I like the effects and i just i don't know i i really like that movie but i think i'm one of maybe like five people that i know that does um
5: so. they yeah. need to make it not three hours long
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i understand that, that would be nice
3: yeah my uh
0: my favorite will always be the uh the 76 version the one with uh oh. jeff bridges and jessica lang yeah right. i always got a soft spot in my heart for that one but uh yeah, I mean I, the the original was good. I would say that's my favorite, followed by the original, and 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 probably then the Peter Jackson one. Just just personal choice, you know.
1: Mm. The original holds up surprisingly well for an old like Ray Harryhausen type yeah, movie. Yeah, no sure. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty pretty entertaining. It's all,
0: it's all about it's all about the story, you know.
1: Yeah, even like even though it's like a lot of rear projection stuff, it's still. I don't know, the camera work is still fairly dynamic in some scenes. It's pretty good. I, I'd
4: recommend it to right. anybody who hasn't taken the time to watch it. And the final trailer, uh, we're going to talk about a split Man, from M. Night Shyamalan.
0: This one I am looking forward to for sure.
4: shyamalan ding-dong. I ding
0: dong I keep holding out hope that, that Shyamalan is going to make another great, great movie. I sure hope this is the one. No, he's not.
5: You're gonna go see it, and you're gonna be super fucking disappointed, like every other thing you see from Oh, Moonlight Come on, Samuel dude, on. with
0: fucking James McAvoy. Give me a break, dude. Have you seen him in anything that he hasn't been great I, in? I actually
5: really like that guy, and and as soon as I saw him in the preview, I was like, God damn it! All right, I'll go see this. And he's dude. playing what,
0: like 24 <laughs> or 48 different split personalities or something like that. Uh, did I catch that right, guys? Did you get get the? Yeah,
1: something was? like that.
0: But, but you know it is it is Shyamalan, so I'm sure there's going to be a twist at the end, right?
1: Yeah. So what everything that I just said about Marvel a couple minutes ago, right? If you were to flip the coin and be the absolute opposite, that's how I feel about Shyamalan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think I think the best thing he's ever done was Unbreakable okay. by far, and everything else can go fuck itself.
0: Well, you know what? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna disagree a little bit about that because I really enjoyed The Village. Did you? I really did. But Fucking everybody en- gives me shit about that. Nobody dude. enjoyed The no, Village. I loved You're it, man. Fire, dude. I loved it. No, I, did, I really didn't see the twist coming on that
2: one.
1: Lance, how many times were you dropped as a child?
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Here you go, man. I hear that all the time. But I'm, fuck you, dude. I'm going to stick with that opinion. I, I really enjoyed The Village. I watched that I, whole movie. I enjoyed. Like, I enjoyed Lady what? in the Water. I enjoyed Lady in the Water, uh, and I thought The Sixth Sense was great. Unbreakable look, was also a fantastic the movie. The Sixth
5: Sense and Unbreakable were our uh, classics, I think. But uh, yeah, now, the rest of them... No, yeah. when
0: he did the one with Marky Mark in it, he fucking hit rock bottom immediately. That thing sucked. <clears throat> uh, which one was that? That's the, the movie with, the with those two stuff. assholes <laughs> who were like, offering oh, the hot dogs,
1: right? Signs <laughs> wasn't too bad. Signs had its moments.
5: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't awesome, but it wasn't awful.
3: Water. water, water kills everyone. <laughs> right. let's, let's that, a that's planet. how that movie ends. Water.
5: That's probably <laughs> not fucking smart. Swing <laughs> away, Goddamn alien technology. Swing away. That's right.
3: <laughs> Swing away. <laughs> First half of that movie was great, and then just right. Uh, yeah, but
0: well, that's kind of how the village went um, too. That's I like no, the I, village. I was uh, until just, the end. I w- Jack. Jack. I was going to ask you, what did you think about the village? I mean, not not the village, the visit, the more recent one.
1: Oh, I didn't even bother with it.
0: You didn't? Okay, I thought uh, it was. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was I, a... I just I don't know the guy. I, I, right. I hey, let I me just, ask you this: Are you going to check this one out? No. No way. No,
1: he's burned me too many times. Until he's got to establish a pattern of like reliability before I come back to this fucking guy. There's no way I'm paying ten bucks to see that. <laughs> it, it, and I like James McAvoy, right? But I don't like, do. It, it, Shyamalan's other movies had really good tra- trailers too you know what I mean like even the fucking last airbender has a good trailer
0: well, well, I well, that.
1: well that's a movie where he literally like he has shit. the fucking main character and he just changes his name for no reason i mean
0: fuck Why the guy. fuck would he do that
4: it's a great question
0: <laughs> Jesus all right Brian what do you think man
4: oh uh, well, you know how I feel about his movies, but I'm probably gonna end up watching it just just because of James McAvoy.
2: Yeah.
3: That's what I said. Uh, it's it's gonna be in Netflix or I'm not gonna see it in theaters, <laughs> I don't think.
4: Uh, that was our last trailer. Okay, continuing with our Comic Con recap, um we're gonna go through the the Marvel panel here. Um They brought out the cast for Black Panther. Uh, did you guys check this out? Mm hmm. Yeah, um, they brought out uh, I'm apologize if I say these names wrong. Uh Lapita Nyongo. Okay. Michael B. Jordan and Denai Guerrera from The Walking Dead. She plays Michonne.
2: No shit.
5: Oh, cool. Nice.
4: Yeah. And Lapita Nyongo and Michael B. Jordan will be the villains in Black Panther. Okay. Very cool. I guess that's uh closing the book
1: on Fantastic Four too, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah,
2: man.
3: I think they pretty much we did can that. All right, Fantastic so there's Four there's
5: one. Marvel's dark spot. They cannot
0: get that <laughs> shit right. <laughs> well, in Marvel's defense, Fantastic Four wasn't really a Marvel production.
5: Well, uh, they're also cheesy to begin with, but they had a
1: kick ass cast the last time, and they should have done something with it, and it was awful. Um, not Black Panther. I'm I'm down for Black Panther. I fucking loved Civil War. If you guys yeah. listen to the binge cast, I I. I love Civil War, so
0: I know I know your thoughts on that one. I never
5: did yeah. like that character, man, growing up, but uh, he was kick ass in that movie. I'm excited
1: for this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down. And again, it's just look, if Marvel says that tomorrow they're making a movie about a man shitting in the woods for two hours, I am paying to see it. So <laughs> that's a hell of a superpower right there.
0: Wow, <laughs> like you said, polar opposite of uh, M. Night Shyamalan for you, huh?
1: Yeah. yeah.
4: I believe in the product.
0: Right. Well, that counts a lot, man.
4: Since we have you guys on, uh, do you guys know uh, a little bit about Black Panther? Because I'm not as familiar. Uh,
1: I know what they told us in the movie. I I don't know anything about them outside
4: of that. Okay, because they had released that since they were playing the villains, they will be playing Malice and Eric Killmonger, and I have no idea who they are. Yeah, yeah, I'm at a loss.
3: Yeah, I'm a DC guy, so, well, as far as comics go, it's hard to say that about the movies. Yeah, I have little to no interaction with Black Panther in the comics.
5: Yeah, and I'm a Marvel guy, and I still just never checked it out.
0: <laughs> Has Michael B. Jordan ever played a villain? Uh,
4: not that not that I can think of, and I was going to bring that up. That That is probably the only part of the casting I'm not too sure about, because I don't really see him as a villain. He, right. Who's he Michael could be, B. Jordan? He
0: could be really good, man. He was awesome in Creed. Yeah. Oh, that guy. The young yeah, guy? that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's cool.
1: <laughs> he was also fucking phenomenal in The Wire years ago. Yeah, yes, you know what? Was. I never watched it, man. Oh, worth your time. I know. Yeah, Very like, well Wire's worth The yeah. <laughs> Wire is a great
0: show, man. Yeah. The Wire is a great show. Check it out. Uh, Fruitvale yeah. Station, Chronicle. Fantastic Four. we oh, we'll, we'll chronicle? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we won't talk about Fantastic Four yeah. too much. You you already referenced <laughs> that. But
4: I, uh, I believe the director uh, of Fruitvale Station and Creed uh, was uh, Ryan Coogler, and yep. he, is, uh, oh, direct, he is directing this one.
0: That's right. I, oh, did, I did hear that. All right, I'm I did down. hear that. That guy's got some skills.
4: Creed was a good movie, man.
0: Oh, Creed was awesome. I was watching on an airplane on the way back from uh, our visit to the UK in March, and. My wife kept looking over saying, you're crying, aren't you? <laughs> I am not crying. I'm watching a movie. My eyes no, hurt. man, shut up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying.
0: <laughs> face is crying.
4: Okay, next up, um, they released a few um, clips from uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Jesus. They released uh, some pictures. Um, uh, I guess it's concept art of Kate Blanchett, as I'm um, I think her name is Hela. Hela.
0: Well, it is. And it she, is Marvel, so Jack's in.
4: Yep. She, I believe, she is the villain of this movie. And they also released pictures of the Hulk Gladiator gear, and there was uh, some, I guess, some clips or, or scenes of uh, Hulk and Thor going at it.
5: I'm down with that, dude. I mean. I'm just never a huge Thor fan either, but the movies have been really good, and uh, I really like Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. And if he's in this movie, I'm down with that.
0: Yeah, I see here that Carl uh, Urban is going to be in this one.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, who the fuck is that guy? That might be a... That's Bones dude, from Star Trek, <laughs> oh, man. That come
4: dude. on. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> also uh... names. Also, Nobody Jeff Goldblum is going to be in that this IMDb one.
0: IMDB in front of Jeff. Jeff jackass. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, Go- <laughs> Jeff, Goldblum too, huh? Okay. Mm. Yes. Right.
1: Most importantly, though, Taika Waititi
4: is directing. Director of What We Do in the Shadows, one of my favorite movies nice. from last year. Ah. So, what? yes. Since you just mentioned that, they actually for the Comic Con crowd, they had. Uh, I guess they had made like a kind of a spoof uh, clip of where Thor's been. This whole time, especially during the uh, Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. And they had they had made it in vain of uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, come Basically, on! Basically, he's been—I uh, guess he's been uh, with a roommate somewhere. So far, they've only released it for the the Comic Con crowd. But
0: that's an odd choice, man.
4: Yeah, <laughs> they didn't—they didn't release no uh, trailer or anything for Thor for the Comic Con crowd. So Holy
0: damn, I bet you'd be good. Well, now. I'm interested now. <laughs> I had forgotten that he was directing it, but yeah, I'm, I'll definitely check this one out. But are, are you guys with me that the second Thor movie wasn't really that great?
1: Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's probably the tied with Iron Man two is the worst Marvel movie in my opinion.
3: Right, but still worth watching.
5: Mm, is it? I think so.
1: Man. I
3: mean, the entire final fight scene is just them falling.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was entertaining at least. You know, not, I mean, it, it, it's not something I'm going to go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. And watch it and be like, hell yeah, you know.
1: But uh, I'd say this, but it was... it's worth watching just to get more Loki. Right. I, and I would, mm-hmm. I would tell people that. So. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. It's a good, that's a good
0: way to put it, man.
4: Okay. Uh, next up was uh, the Spider-Man: Homecoming. They showed a little bit of footage. Uh, a lot of people said uh, the footage is a compare. Uh, you can compare uh, it to Freaks and Geeks hmm. with a little bit of John Hughes.
0: What? Yeah, that sounds awesome. It's it's not directed by Paul Feig, by any chance, is it?
4: <laughs> no. Uh, John Watts?
0: John Watts. Uh, uh, Jack, you familiar with him?
1: Yeah, hey, he did... Uh, I think I'm... Maybe maybe I'm thinking of somebody so, else. He did Cop Car? Yes. And uh, the clown movie, too, that just came out. Um, you guys just reviewed it. What the fuck was that called? Oh, uh, that clown. dude.
0: Okay. okay. It was just yeah. clown?
1: Yes, yeah 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 well
0: clown sucked um, for me but but i I, I love cop car i fucking love cop car
1: yeah I'm, i'm i'm down man i mean i think that when it comes to these marvel movies and actually the star wars movies as well right i i think that they're much more of a movie by committee than anybody wants to admit you know so i don't think the directors matter very much you know um so I'm not really worried about that. I'm sure that it'll be fine. Like you still got Kevin Feige, you've got like the same core creative team that's steering the ship. So, right,
2: um,
1: you know, I, I think that that you know it could still be pretty awesome. So,
0: Kevin Bacon, man, I knew, cool. I never saw that one. Yeah, Cop Car is a great movie, dude. I if you ever it. get a chance, you should you should definitely see that. I feel like that's... we've had this conversation. Before. Well, it's the same guy who directed Clown. We were just yeah. talking about that, but a- as you know, I didn't enjoy Clown that
4: much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You you liked it, okay, didn't you? I thought it was all right. Um
4: and uh they've also confirmed that the villain in this movie will be vulture. And I believe he's going to be played by Michael Keaton.
0: Birdman he, himself. Michael Keaton. Okay, <laughs> who, very who better cool. to play vulture.
4: That ought to be good. <laughs> uh next up is uh Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, a lot of casting news. Uh they did show sh- um they shown a trailer at comic-con which they said they probably won't release it until dr strange comes out okay and uh is he in it who
5: dr strange
4: no they're just waiting until a marvel release to release the trailer i guess uh kurt russell is uh confirmed to be ego the living planet right they they also confirmed he is going to be star lord's father okay Probably going to butcher these names: Elizabeth uh, Debicki will yep. play, is playing Aisha, and okay. Palm Klemtiff Klemtif is playing Mantis, and sure. uh, Sylvester Stallone is uh, confirmed to play, play a no- Nova Corps member.
5: Really, yeah. I'll, I'll
0: take Stallone. I'll take anything he's in, man.
1: Right. That um, Elizabeth Debicki, she was in this uh, BBC miniseries called The Night Manager really good so if she's i i think that she's supposed to be the main villain um really yeah she's she was pretty good in that so okay
0: I'd,
1: you know decent actress i i haven't seen her in anything else but well
0: I've, I've heard i've heard good things about the night manager is she the one that was in some of the really hot sex scenes with hiddleston yep okay i heard she's pretty fucking hot
1: yes i can confirm that yes all
0: right <laughs> <laughs> She's confirmed
1: it's been there
4: and one more thing, uh, for Guardians, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride will be pl- replacing Tower of Terror at Disney in California.
2: Oh, oh wow! California. Okay. okay, in California or Florida?
0: California.
4: California.
0: Okay. Yeah, we 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 went to Disney last year, and that uh, we we did the Tower of Terror. That's a pretty fucking fun ride. I went when it first came out, man. Oh, you've been too, huh? Yeah. Florida.
1: Yeah. That actually brings up a question for you guys that I had. This is getting a little bit off book, but I don't know. Good time to bring it up, maybe. So everything's getting remade and rebooted and all this other shit, right? So, so like, everything, every studio that owns a property is trying to develop whatever it is, right? Sure. I mean, there was even a fucking Gem in the Holograms movie last year. I mean, the fuck? But <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> How long do you guys think before we see some new Twilight Zone?
0: Oh. Well, they've already had, like, three iterations of it, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It seems like I wouldn't be surprised because CBS originally aired it. Okay, would not be surprised if Star Trek, if that becomes popular, if the next thing that they hit is Twilight Zone.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I'd certainly be down for that, man.
4: Yeah, I would. I would say, but sooner than later. I mean, they are about to. Um, they are rebooting Tales from the Crypt. Right. Oh, and, oh, and all it's and uh, all those older shows.
0: Jack, your favorite mm-hmm. guy is is going to yeah. be the showrunner, man.
4: Yeah,
1: I'm just gonna have to cozy on up with the old episodes. So, who's the
5: favorite guy, man? We've been talking <laughs> Mister, to oh. Mister,
1: fucking Shamalama Ding Dong. Oh. So,
5: really? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh man!
3: <laughs>
5: Sorry, uh... dude. He just kicked me in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, that dickhead. <laughs>
4: And uh, our far uh, our final thing from the Marvel panel is uh, a thing that we had talked about. The rumors uh, is now confirmed: Brie Larson is Captain Marvel.
0: I like mm.
2: that. Yeah, okay. yeah,
4: great choice. Yep. She's a good actress. Like a I know
0: lot. nothing
1: about Captain Marvel, but
0: yeah, same yeah. here. But uh, but I'll but I'll watch it. That's a
1: cheeseball character.
0: <laughs> is, is she kind of a second or third tier, kind of like Ant Man
5: was? I, it seems like a. It's like a Mister Marvel character, you know what I mean? Sure.
4: Yeah. Or
0: I think, as Jack referred to him, a tertiary character. Yeah. I'm
4: not. I'm not quite sure. I was like, why are we making a movie about this? Nah, whatever. Fuck it, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's a kind of major character now in the new Civil War. Well, man, I hadn't been in it since
5: before that stuff happened.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, all right, so it sounds like Marvel is still going to continue to dominate the uh, comic book movie scene for a while, huh?
4: Pretty much. Yeah, it seems like it. And uh, we pretty much talked about most of the, the Marvel TV uh, TV shows. We had spoke on that before. You guys have seen any of the Marvel uh, trailers for the TV shows? Uh, Luke Cage or anything? I saw the Defenders trailer.
2: Hmm.
4: Okay. Yeah, good use of music, but...
1: <laughs> i mean there's nothing in it what do you want you know what i mean it's like, right oh, okay.
0: yeah. more of a teaser really wouldn't you say
1: yeah i just hope punisher's the bad guy that's all i, I really hope that he's the bad guy because i just want more punisher yeah
0: yeah Pun- gotta have that's him, right? fair punisher was really good I'm, i'm actually watching daredevil season two right now and he's he's pretty fucking good in that he's solid
4: yeah absolutely and um, our last thing, um, not not a lot of horror came out of Comic-Con this year, but uh, there was a lot of Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, casting confirmations.
0: Yep, got no problem uh, with any of, any of those, man.
4: Okay, Lee Majors will be playing Ash's father, Brock. I like huh. that. Uh, Ted Raimi uh, is going to be Ash's uh, childhood friend. Why not? They're bringing back Alan Sandweiss who played his sister from the original uh, Evil Dead movie. Awesome. She's going to be on the show. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. I'm not too familiar with this, uh, this actor, uh, Joel uh, Tabak. He's going to be <laughs> playing the main villain. I be, uh, they said he was on uh, Sons of Anarchy. He was one of the, the true IRA members. And and who is
0: this main villain supposed to be, do you know?
4: Ball? I'm um,
0: Like a, some look. sort of a god or something?
4: Yeah, I guess he. Um, if you guys are familiar with the season one, I guess he uh, is more powerful than um, Lucy Lawless's character. Hmm. Oh. And he was when she released all everything with the book. I guess he was one of the uh, demons released.
0: Interesting. Okay.
4: But other than that, uh, nothing really. As far as horror uh, news was released during Comic Con, so uh, that's all we have right here.
5: How about our? Uh... Our, our D.C. Suicide Squad news, did you hear that uh, they've got a uh, a petition against uh, Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: um, yeah, that I, was the big news this week, wasn't it? Which,
4: which is interesting because uh, I was told that Warner Brothers owns both of them. Right. So I don't think they're purposely singling out D.C. movies.
5: I thought that was what the whole petition was for they're they're because yeah. they're they're getting unfair, mm. bad reviews.
1: <laughs> it's insane yeah. a, and yeah. every
5: real d c fan okay. that I've heard talk about this has been like this is
1: fucking stupid,
0: <laughs> pretty crazy, huh,
4: yeah, from what i read there there are over fifteen thousand signatures already, really. Yeah, but they're think, not shutting. They're not shutting down Rotten Tomatoes.
5: Obviously, they're not shutting down Rotten Tomatoes. That's dumb.
4: It just makes you wonder
1: how much time pe- some people have, and then like what they spend it on. Because you would assume that somebody who makes a petition against Rotten Tomatoes would be somebody who has too much time on their hands.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: if they took the time to actually understand what the fuck Rotten Tomatoes is, <laughs> you would then. Say- you know what I mean? If they took, like, another five minutes with their fucking Google machine just right. to figure out that, like, oh, it's an aggregate. It's not a real fucking thing. Uh, I don't... Oh, fuck. That was my thought. I was like, <laughs> I don't think that they
5: understand how Rotten Tomatoes works.
4: <laughs> God, he, yeah, and, oh, and since idiots. we're on a Suicide Squad, uh, it's already broken the uh, opening day record for August. Cool. From what I understand, so... I was just gonna say that's uh that was the last bit of news we got
0: well, I'll tell you what we couldn't have a better uh could not have a better entry into what we're going to talk about next so on to tonight's featured attractions uh so folks tonight we tackle the new d c comics group of outlaws suicide squad, and then we're gonna dig into another do or die scenario with John carpenter's escape from New York as always, we will start out with some suicide squad trivia. The director and writer was David Ayer, also known for Harsh Times, End of Watch, and most recently Fury. Also wrote the screenplay for Training Day, which I'm sure everybody here has seen. Mm -hmm. Jared Leto got so immersed in playing the Joker, and he wouldn't break out a character on set even when he wasn't filming. He even sent his fellow cast members Joker-like presents, a rat to Margot Robbie, and bullets to Will Smith. A soiled Playboy magazine to, and forgive me if I screw up this name, Adewali uh, A uh, uh, Baji. <laughs> okay, I totally fucked that one up. Uh, Just say Mr. Echo, it's fine. It's Mr. Yeah, Mr. Echo. Echo from Lost, and a, and a dead hog. Uh, anal beads <laughs> and used condoms for the whole crew. Scott Eastwood commented that Leto frightened him at times with his behavior. Uh, another interesting thing is that Ryan Gosling was actually first sought out for the role of the Joker. He reportedly turned down the role because he didn't want to sign on for a multi-picture deal that the studio was requiring. Two songs chosen for the trailers, Bohemian Rhapsody and Ballroom Blitz, are also in the Wayne's World movie soundtrack. And Oprah Winfrey, Viola Davis, Carrie Washington, and Octavia Spencer... We're all front runners for the role of Amanda Waller before Davis was actually cast, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought she did a pretty good job. So, normally when we do the show, uh, we ask our guests to kind of you know start things going on the reviews. So, uh, in this case, uh, Dan, I think you you probably would like to go first here, right? Yeah, sure.
3: Being more of a DC guy kind of makes sense, I suppose. Uh, to be fair full disclosure i have not read a ton of suicide squad comics but i have read a few for various crossovers i also picked up a couple in like the quarter bin section for some of the 80s stuff that's yeah it reads really well let's see this movie this movie is a bit of a mess i like to think of it as like a really great first draft of a movie uh, it didn't feel very polished it seemed to jump around quite a bit uh casting wise i think pretty much everyone does a really good job but it's just they don't necessarily have a lot to work with and i thought it was weird how they tried to like cram in the joker and batman when um yeah they just didn't really have time for it that was my biggest issue with the whole thing man was a freaking
5: Joker didn't get a whole lot of airtime.
3: Yeah, it it's that's DC's biggest problem is that they don't have any direction with their movies. Uh, right. They just kind of are trying to build the entire world, which Marvel didn't do until they teased it in the first Iron Man, and then kind of built up a little bit in Iron Man Two, which is one of the worst Marvel movies, uh, and then, like, built from there, and DC is just rushing that and and focusing too much on the world building and not enough on, like, actually making a great, coherent movie. Yeah. I can kind of agree with that. That makes sense. Uh, That being said, Suicide Squad is a hell of a lot of fun. Just very disjointed and frenetic is a good
0: word well what about uh what about you jack what do you think about this movie <sighs> <I told you>. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult i mean i it's... know we're hey i know we're going to record another kind of spoilery special episode after this so yeah. we don't have to go into too much detail Here... yet but just kind of yeah. you know your basic overview all
1: right so because um not everybody may know where i'm coming from with this so i'm 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 sort of like Binge Media's resident Batman fanatic, okay? Sure. I love Batman. I like the more realistic stuff about Batman. Um, I really started getting into the mythology and the comics in 2008 before Dark Knight came out, and I really... Like, Dark Knight came at the perfect time for me. It was just like a perfect storm of, you know, I was just getting into all the right books and saw that, and I just became a fucking fanatic from that point on. I really love Nolan's trilogy. It, there are yeah. problems in Batman Begins, and there are like a couple issues in ri- Rises, but and I know that there are, are like editing issues and shit in Dark Knight. But for me, that like those, I love those movies. I love them. Definitely Dark Knight, best Batman movies for so far. Yeah, I mean, Dark Knight is just to me a fucking opus. Like it's yep. the Godfather of comic book movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. I love it, and I love the books. Um, I love the Killing Joke. Dark Knight Returns. The Cult is a massively underrated Batman book that is fucking incredible. The Long Halloween, Dark Victory, uh, Death in the Family, all that stuff. Um, Great, great runs of Batman. And, you know, Batman v Superman this year, I am right now sitting at a 3 on 10 for that movie. I think that there are good things about what Affleck's doing. I think he has the potential to maybe surpass Bale in terms of on-screen Batman performances. Mm -hmm. Um, But the writing just betrays him horribly in that movie. So, came into Suicide Squad fairly hyped up for it. Um, But for me, the movie had to do three things, right? Because when the bad reviews started coming out and all that shit... I started saying, okay, well, I'm still going to see it. What do I need this movie to do for me to be okay with it? And it was three things. I had to be okay with Batman in it. I knew he wasn't going to be in it much, but I had to be okay with him. I had to be okay with Joker, and, you know, Harley Quinn needed to be fine. Unfortunately, I would say two and a half of those things uh, were complete failures. So,
0: wow. So, oh, man. Really? Ouch. Yeah.
1: yeah. So for me <laughs> – okay. Um I there's almost nothing in Suicide Squad that works. It, and then that's not even taking into account the fundamental problems with the movie of me being lost, like okay. genuinely lost for seventy five percent of that movie, not understanding a fucking thing about the like why anything is happening at any time. Like just horrible, horrible writing <laughs> and even worse editing that leaves you lost at every fucking moment of that movie.
5: We're just gonna decide to take over the world. Why, fuck it, why not
1: <laughs> I, I sure man <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you i don't know is that what the, Is that what was going on sure great so i, I guess that was the gist <gasps> yeah so we, we'll dive in a little bit more later but it wasn't good man I, I left the theater really upset so
0: well i'll tell you what we're we're gonna we're gonna agree on some of that but as far as the performances i thought there were a couple of Performances I really enjoyed. Yeah, definitely a couple standouts. I, I would say Leto did a did a pretty stand up job as the Joker because I was really really worried he was going to try to do a Heath Ledger mimic, and he didn't do that at all. I mean, he was a totally different character. He reminded me more of the uh, of the '80s uh, Joker than you know the the Nicholson Joker than he did Ledger. But I thought he did I thought he did a decent job. I thought Will Smith was was really good. It was a Will Smith um, show. I, I I really I really enjoyed Dude, in, he killed in, it. Yeah, I really enjoyed his performance. Probably more than anything I've seen him in since Independence Day. I think he was kind of back to the to the badass Will Smith. I thought I, Ike Ike was a really funny choice, a good mm-hmm. choice for the uh, prison guard. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Um Margot Robbie, I mean, for what she was, she was obviously blatantly way over sexualized, there's no doubt about it. I mean, she was just there for candy. Let, I loved her. Let's face movie. the facts, but she was, she was definitely good, good to watch. Um, did I think she did a great acting job? Nah, I may have to rewatch it again. And and again, I think Viola Davis was really good at what she did. So I thought the performances were there. It started out to me as as a nice uh, David Ayer's movie, and 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 I really like everything he's ever done. He's got that tough gangster L.A. vibe to a lot of his movies, which I I was picking up on that and and vibing on that for like probably at least the first 30 or 40 minutes of the movie. After that, everything did kind of fucking go to shit, and a lot of it was the writing. And it's almost like, if they had told it in a little bit different uh, order, like if they changed the sequence up a little bit, like uh, let's say that this government organization had Gotten involved with the Enchantress, and then problems started having, or they, then problems started happening. Then they had to go out and hire the Suicide Squad. I could get that a little more, yeah. But the way they presented and, it, everything was just out of order, and it was kind of like they created their own fuck up, you know?
2: That's and,
1: yeah. That uh, I'm I'm afraid to say anything on a non spoiler review, but a right. lot of the things that you're saying, I have responses to. Uh, in the spoiler
2: cast.
0: Well, so. <laughs> so we'll talk about all that later. But that's that's my general overview. I I enjoy David Ayer, and I liked some of the some of the uh, visuals that he had early, and some of the characterizations. I definitely didn't recognize Jay Hernandez. I had no idea that was him until I saw the credits at the end. So he did a good job. I thought the performances were pretty decent, and some of the visuals were good. And of course, there was obviously some good special effects and eye candy. But I mean, yeah, the story was shit. I, there's no other way to put it. The story was absolute garbage. Well they did the same thing. And they thing. really tried to it's just like Batman they the did Superman. The same thing, they try to jam too much into one fucking movie you can't and stick, they end up screwing everything up. You can't And they stick didn't give backstory. any of the they they didn't give anybody a chance to be in there. Yeah. I will tell you this. This was the very first time that I've ever watched the uh, the Australian actor. The really, really fucking horrible Australian actor. What's his name? Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Everything he's ever been in, I hated him in. But I thought he was actually almost kind of right for this part. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let somebody else go. You got it hyped up right
5: there for a minute. No, I, that's I, that, that's kind of what I was saying. is I, I think that you had too many people with too many backstories to fit in one movie. You know, this is goes back to the same problem. They're trying to do what Marvel did in eight or nine movies, but in like two movies. And you can't fucking do that. You can't cram that much shit into one movie and expect everybody to follow it. Now, having said that though, I think Margot Robbie was awesome. I think that Will Smith was awesome. I didn't even know he was going to be a lead in this movie. I hated the fucking Joker, man. I hated him. I really kind of liked him, which sucks because I really love Jared Leto and I really love the Joker, but I thought he came off as uh, a little more drunk than sociopath, <laughs> and uh, it, it it bothered me every time he was on screen. I was like, man, you know, maybe I'll give him one more scene, but he's only in a couple of scenes, and uh, I just he didn't. It, there was nothing that he did that I was like, that was fucking cool, man.
0: I've, I've kind of, I've kind of heard, I've kind of heard him referred to as as, as something like uh, James Franco and Spring Breakers, uh, Dan or Jack. Uh, when you got either, of you guys see that in his character at all? I,
1: I I don't. I mean, maybe they're just comparing the gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah.
5: The grill. I didn't see that's it part of what got me. dude. No, but the I, grill. I like the I like the uh, I, I like the idea. The gangster. Uh, you know, like the mob leader Joker or whatever, but with the grill, man, uh, it pains me to say it, but Jared Leto
1: wasn't pulling that shit off, dude. I didn't like it. I just don't think that the Joker should be fucking Tony Montana with green hair.
5: That's yeah. what, that's, uh, what, that's you it. Guys,
0: you guys are in lockstep. Yeah. That's just what you were saying I think earlier, that's man. Kinda,
5: I think that's kind of what it's doing, man. You're exactly right.
1: And I've got a lot more to say later. So, <laughs> <laughs> All
5: right, cool. <laughs> But Margot Robbie and Will Smith, dude, made that fucking movie, and I think it was worth watching, and it was fun. But you're right. It was a little scatterbrained, and they crammed too many little backstories into it, and it was a little long for my taste. But
1: uh, Actually, I've I've got a question for you. So you, you like Will Smith in the movie, but does it bother you at all that all of these guys are supposed to be bad guys, yet none of them are bad guys? And by the end, they're just a team of heroes. Like, does that bother anybody else? Ah, come on, dude! I, did,
0: I didn't get that vibe at all. I mean, I thought they were—they were still. If they had had the opportunity, they would have gotten away with some shit. I think.
1: I don't think Deadshot would have. They paint him as a as a fucking doting father that's doing anything for yeah. his daughter. Well, you're just
0: referring shit. to one particular scene that we don't want to go into because it's toward the no dude, the they, end they, and we can talk about.
5: No, no,
1: no, 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 no! I mean, you have to you have to be
5: pulling for
0: your the, protagonist.
1: You know. And that's yeah, a, but don't, don't you think that it would have been a unique opportunity to take the perspective of the villain and and really explore that? Like, true. Uh, I don't know. It yeah, just it just seems point. like it, it devolved into let's try and make this as much like Guardians of the Galaxy as possible.
2: Understood. You know, and that oh, and the trailers that. didn't yeah, indicate. I got that. you. I
0: got you, man. Yeah, I, that that would have been interesting if they'd gone that route. But I mean, they have to Im- imbue him with some humanity.
1: I I understand, but well, we'll get
4: into it later.
0: <laughs> Fair Brian, what did you think, man?
4: Um, I, I'm really struggling with this. Um, after listening to you guys, I'm, my rating is dropping here. Me too, man. <laughs> um, I don't have a problem with any of the casting. I think I think it may be more how the characters were written. Yes, absolutely. I was all, just like Jack said. I was also confused at what was going on in this movie. As far as the mission and what was the goal of, uh, what, what was her name? Enchantress?
0: Enchantress, yeah.
4: Yeah. Sure. yeah um, as far as the, the act, uh, Margot Robbie, as I'm fine with her as Harley Quinn, but more than fine with her as well. I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't Quinn, she was I didn't, I didn't get the crazy that I wanted to get out of Harley Quinn. Really? That was portrayed in, yeah.
0: I don't know, I liked it. See, I haven't read too many of the comics. You you guys probably have a leg up on me on that.
4: And I agree with uh, what you guys are saying about Will Smith because I was not high on him in this movie as much as I was Jared Leto as the Joker, but watching the movie, it kind of switched. I was right. more higher on Will Smith. But I, I do kind of agree, Um, for them to be villains, they didn't really seem too bad.
3: But they said that they're villains like eight times.
4: Oh, so good obviously point. Dude. They bad I mean, they—they they were them. <laughs> I know. I—I I just by the end, I didn't really buy them. You know, these are supposed to be uh, as uh as a, as Amanda Waller put it, they throw them in the hole and throw away the hole. I didn't yeah. think they were that too much too the, bad.
0: The worst of the worst, as they said.
4: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. Right. So.
0: Yeah, I got you. There was some posturing early on, but that was about it, right?
4: But I. But as far yeah. as like casting i was fine with everybody it's just um i think it was uh now that i'm thinking because I, I really just got out of this movie probably an hour after we started recording right or an hour before i mean and i it's i've been thinking about it and i it, i don't know i think it was more so how this movie was written and i think uh, we'll have a lot more in spoilers so
0: there you go man all right, so we're going to come back to this one. I guess, guys, we're probably ready to go ahead and, and round table the scores here. Uh, so, Dan, the way we do it here, man, we're on a we're on a scale of 1 to 10. Just real simple, man. Uh, 1 means it was one of the worst pieces of shit you've ever seen. 10 means it was a masterpiece. I don't know if I have any film that I've ever seen that I would give a 10, except possibly a Clockwork Orange. Nice. Uh, so, Dan, where would you rate this movie? Um... It's,
3: bottom line is that I definitely had a, quite a bit of fun at this movie, which sure. uh, has been lacking a lot this summer, that aspect of films. Uh, so for that, I think i would got to give it like
0: a six. Okay, cool. Maybe six and a
3: half.
0: Right. If I'm feeling generous. Fair enough, man. Uh, what about you, Jack? Uh, two out of ten.
1: Keep in mind, they gave gave Batman vs. Superman a 3 out of 10.
2: Wow!
0: You fucking hated this more than that?
1: That is I think so.
0: God damn, dude.
1: And I fucking hated that movie.
0: Wow!
1: (laughs) We had a three hour podcast about how much I hated that movie on
0: (laughs) bingemedia.net. Shameless plug every brutal minute of that podcast man
1: (laughs) it was just as painful for me believe
0: me. right (laughs) well i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little bit more uh (laughs) a little bit less brutal i guess you would say and i'll give it a five and a half um it wasn't exactly middle of the road i really really did enjoy the special effects i really did enjoy the uh uh, some some of the acting I thought I thought was much better than what I was expecting. I'm going to tell you the truth. When I went into this movie, I was fully expecting to hate it. I had no intentions of liking this movie at all. And the first half hour, I really enjoyed, and I and I stuck with it the first half hour. And then things, you know, kind of fell apart. I don't know. I'll give it a five and a half, and that's going to be based primarily on uh, Will Smith's performance. And uh, Viola Davis's performance, and again, I actually kind of like this Joker. So, what about you, Philip? Uh, man, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six. I think that there
5: was a a lot of there was definitely a lot of plot holes and stuff. But I mean, if you go back and look at even some classic movies, just old school style, sometimes you just gotta get past those plot holes. You know what I mean? Right. If they say that hey, this is why we're doing this to save the world, you kind of gotta go with it sometimes. <laughs> And uh, uh, I think that, again, Margot Robbie and Will Smith really killed it. Joker fucked it up for me. But uh, I'd still say it was worth watching. It was a fun time.
0: All right, Brian? Uh, I'm
4: going to give it a five. Um,
0: Right in the middle.
4: Yeah, um, I I was fine with the acting, like I said. Uh, Jared Leto, now that I'm thinking about it, he kind of let me down a little bit. Um, Again, I didn't understand what was going on in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and give it a five. And I think David Ayer spoke too soon when he told Marvel to fuck off or fuck Marvel at the uh, red carpet. And he told the critics to kiss his ass. So he spoke a little too soon.
0: Maybe he should have stuck with Jake Gyllenhaal and done a couple more tough L.A. street gang movies with him or something, (laughs) huh? All right, so our next movie, guys, is uh, another, another movie with similar themes, 1981's Escape from New York. The director is John Carpenter, who all of our listeners know about. If not, go back and listen to last week's episode, and you'll know everything you'd ever want to know about John Carpenter, because last week we did a retrospective. The writers were John Carpenter and also Nick Castle, who also wrote Tag the Assassination Game. Hook and escape from L.A. During the prison Broadway scene, director John Carpenter is the one playing the violin. You can also see Roger Bumpass, or Bumpus, or however you pronounce it. Any, any of you guys know who uh, Roger Bumpus is? No, nope. He is the voice of Squidward on SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually one of the dancers in that uh, that that Broadway review scene they had. <laughs> All right. That is a fantastic piece of trivia. (laughs) It's fucking random. The movie movie was made in 1981, the same year as the setting for the film A Most Violent Year. In 1981, there were more reported robberies in New York City, and I'm talking over 120,000, than any year in its history. There were over 2,100 murders that year, which was actually slightly down from the previous year, including such infamous crimes as the mob-related shamrock bar murders in Queens. Now this is interesting. Chuck Norris, Tommy Lee Jones, Clint Eastwood, and Charles Bronson were all considered for the role of Snake Plissken. Donald Pleasance took it upon himself to write a backstory for his character, the president, of course. His story included a Margaret Thatcher-dominated world in which the United States had reverted to being a colony of England. None of which Carpenter used. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the trivia for this one. Uh, so, uh, Jack, you want to, you want to get, get things started here, man?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, so Carpenter, you know, you guys did a fantastic uh, job going over Carpenter on, on, uh, what was that last week's episode?
0: Yeah, that was the uh, Carpenter retrospective.
1: Yes. Awesome. Awesome episode. Um, I'm, I'm a big Carpenter fan. Um, he was one of the first genre directors that I really got into when I started getting into flicks way back when. Right. Um, and, you know, two of his movies for me are 10s, uh, Halloween and The Thing, especially The Thing. Um, I love both of those movies. I watch them at least yearly. Um, it used to be that I would wait a couple of years to watch The Thing so that I would forget about, like, you know, who gets killed when and all that, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are absolute stone-cold classics for me. Yeah, um,
0: you and you and Brian would agree on that one. I think yeah. it's pretty awesome. Assault
1: on Precinct 13, I think it's a great movie. Starman's okay. I, I see what he's doing there. It's good, good enough. But um, Christine, I'm not you, John. I like Big Trouble in Little China. Prince of Darkness is good. They Live is, you know, cheesy, awesome. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big Carpenter fan. Escape from New York has always been one of those movies in his uh, catalog that I, I had... Trouble with because, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. But you know, there's some movies that like just do not stick in your memory for whatever reason. Like, you'll see them and then you forget that you've seen them, sort of thing. Um, This has always been one of those for me, and I would I remember over the years like trying to rewatch it and like the first 15 minutes just being super slow and just you know full of like 80s cheesiness. Not the movie's (laughs) fault. It's just when it was made.
0: Right, uh, almost like a canon film a little bit, huh?
1: A little bit, yeah. So, you know, I was glad re-watching it for this uh, podcast because I saw a lot more that I, I really liked about it than, you know, in previous iterations of watching the movie. It, it's it's an awesome movie. It's just, it is a dated movie. Like, I don't think that you can deny that while this concept was fairly fresh for 1981... Um, this movie was such an influence on so many other movies that have come out, namely like the the last two Purge movies and stuff like that. This one, by comparison, I think that time is not doing it any favors. You know, I, I think that this movie's aging kind of poorly, whereas the Thing and Halloween, to me, are like really timeless films. Yeah, still, still a badass plot. Like, uh, I, I think this is maybe, maybe Kurt Russell's coolest acting. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up between this and. Really, all of his John Carpenter films, but Kurt um, yeah,
5: Russell's pretty awesome.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I, you know, Lee Van Cleef—that's a big get for me because I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Good the Bad and the Ugly fan, so that's pretty awesome. Actually, you were saying that Clint Eastwood was almost cast. That would have been kind of interesting, but. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a good time. I mean, this this is the kind of movie that like you got to recommend to the right kind of person, you know? Because I don't think that people who are Nowadays, watching, like, Jason Bourne and Jack Reacher and all that shit, I, I don't think that a lot of people would have the patience to see all the good stuff in this movie. But Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, I think this is... If I was making a Suicide Squad movie, personally, I would have modeled it a lot closer to what they did here, personally, but...
0: Well, there you have it, man. I think they were. I think they were obviously trying to copy it in certain spots, especially when they got the uh, shots in the neck. You know. Yeah. Yep. That's actually what I was just thinking too.
1: No, um, no, this is a classic. Uh, it really is. It's a classic '80s '80s movie. Um, it's definitely worth your time if you haven't seen it. To the listeners out there.
3: So. There cool.
0: Go. All right, uh, Dan, your your turn, man. Yeah,
3: um, I'm. I'm a little bit young so this is my first time watching this one uh and as far as john carpenter goes like i respect him but i don't think i've seen everything i've definitely seen halloween i watched that probably regular uh yearly basis i checked this one out today and kind of in the background i wasn't giving it my full attention to be fair but it yeah like you were just saying it didn't fully grab me, again, I'm half paying attention to it to begin with, but Mm. there's definitely some great stuff, some really good action, but I totally agree that it does not at all... It's not very timeless. It's definitely a product of the 80s, and you can definitely see that. Uh, I don't think it hurts it too bad. Uh, Probably the biggest thing that stands out that does hurt it is the, you know, the whole nine 11 thing. Like the twin towers With are rumors, yeah. kind of a part of the plot to a very small extent, but like, it's not there anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it's a weird movie, definitely very eighties that there's a lot of good to it. There, there's some very slow parts I also agree that Suicide Squad should have been much more closer to this and not another, oh, my God, the world's going to end kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, where the stakes are just unreachable.
0: Well, you know, uh, Dan, the, the, the Twin Towers were still standing in 1997.
5: Which is when this movie was set in the future.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> so tech te- technically, true. technically, in this alternate universe... Yeah, they were still there. It's very true. It's it.
3: I don't know. It's just.
0: It was kind of creepy. It, it, it was very creepy seeing them, though, wasn't
3: it?
5: It hit you a little bit when they start talking about the twin towers, and you're like, "Oh,
3: there yeah. anymore. <laughs> That's what I meant by that. Is it's just it's always hard to see that on screen anywhere.
0: Absolutely. Well, this was actually one of uh, one one of. Well, one of the few films that has, that really hits me in the heart every every time I see it because uh, I lost my dad a couple of years ago, and this was one of the movies that he and I used to watch together pretty frequently back in the 80s and the early 90s, so it, it means a lot to me. You know, I, I, I guess it was uh, it's kind of funny looking back at it because I really hadn't watched it in probably about 10 years, but the beginning part where you've got Plissken coming in and they're arresting him and everything... And I thought it was really funny. It was really funny how the prisoners are walking down the hallway and the recorded voice says, you have the option to terminate and be cremated on the premises or you can go to New York. It's like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) What fucking (laughs) choice is that? And it it is really cool looking back on it. And by by the way, that that film, uh, A Most Violent Year, the one with Oscar Isaac in it. Have you guys all seen that?
1: Yeah, it's a great movie.
0: Really, really great movie. Really? And it's so fucking ironic that this movie was made the same year that that, that movie was set. So you got to un- understand back then, New York was like considered like a cesspool of, of filth and degeneration. Um, so that gives it a little bit of uh, kind of an extra kick now, knowing that. Um, it, it was kind of funny how um, they had like the crazies in the subway. And as you talked about the top of the World Trade Center and everything, where he had to he had to land the plane, not not very uh, well, by the way, uh, but at least he did he, he you know he did land it. Um, I thought it was kind of cheesy in certain parts, uh, a, as we talked about earlier, Jack, kind of almost a cannon feel to it,
4: with some bit. of the
0: the crazy special effects. Every everybody in it put on a good performance. Uh, Donald Pleasance. Uh, As you said, Lee Van Cleef. You know, I mean, obviously, Kurt Russell is Snake Plissken. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I thought Harry Dean Stanton was really, really good. The only film I've ever seen him in that I probably liked him more was Repo Man. Have you guys seen that one? Of course. Uh, The great Emilio Estevez playing a punk rocker in L.A., and he becomes a repo man and Harry Dean Stanton is kind of the guy who he teaches him how to go out and repo the cars hmm. that was a fucking phenomenal uh role but i've i've always liked Harry Dean Stanton so yeah i mean ov- overall i've i've enjoyed everything about this movie every time i've seen it and going back and revisiting it was 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 a real treat so um yeah i, re- I really like this one guys
1: nice any uh any of you guys metal gear solid fans
0: that was exactly what I was about to bring up. <laughs>
5: nice. I think that uh, I think that the character is probably better than the movie in this situation because Snake Plissken need- yeah. is a cool fucking character, man.
1: Yeah, I agree with uh,
5: that. Obviously, the influence for uh, Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid and has been in all the games since they started. It definitely was dated. You know, it's got that same. 80s thing the enemy mind had going for it i think it holds up maybe a little better than that one but you're right man i started watching it earlier today and i i kind of fell asleep
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh shit ringing endorsement from Philip. okay now okay all right all right to be fair though i
5: had just cooked a bunch of burgers and shit and i ate like two of them and a couple of hot dogs beer. I was I was definitely I was definitely feeling it, man. I was I was I had a lot of food in my gut and dealing with kids and and the uh, the movie was going and yeah I fell asleep. I had to rewatch it again.
0: What What did you think though? Did you Did you get all the way through it?
5: Yeah, I did. I I, I still like it. I think it's a classic. You kind of have to look at it more as like a uh, a piece of theater, like a play. Okay. More than more than a movie. I think that's how it kind of comes across. Pretty,
0: pretty fitting for Broadway, huh?
5: Yeah. And
0: uh I, I actually I
5: think that I'm more of a fan of, of uh Escape from LA. <laughs> I am
4: I was, I was gonna bring that up. Is, is Escape is is that the same movie as this one?
5: With the hang glider and he's got <laughs> Dude, that Jesus is an awesome Christ. scene. Yeah. Is that
4: the same is it the, yeah. the second one the same plot as the this one? It's the exact same thing. Oh yeah, no. Okay. It's, it's,
5: it's the exact it's, same it's thing except the they. Movie, but, but, it's, it's, but
0: it has
1: Bruce Campbell. Like, and it also has Peter Fonda right, Peter and Kurt Fonda. Russell surfing. So. Oh. Yeah. And
0: Pam Greer.
1: Actually, no. Now that I now that we talk about it, yeah, it kind of is fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. The yeah. only thing he didn't say was Charlie don't surf, huh? <laughs> Jesus.
5: No, but I think uh, you know the, the the character was awesome. I think uh, it's definitely a classic. It's a, it's you got to watch it if you have never watched it. You know, it's it's one of those that you probably shouldn't skip. Right. You might not need to rewatch it every year, but you got
4: to watch it once.
0: All right, fair enough, Brian. What do you think, man?
4: Um. I uh when I rewatched this movie, it's probably the second or third time I probably ever watched this movie. It's, it hasn't really been high on my my John Carpenter list, but I actually enjoyed it a little bit more rewatching it. Again, this is uh, I agree this is a movie, you know, I don't remember a whole bunch about uh, like, I totally forget Isaac Hayes is the villain in this movie.
2: Oh, oh fuck, yeah, yeah.
0: dude. <laughs> Holy shit. What about, the, what about that car, man? Chef is the bad guy. It,
4: oh, with the chandelier and or the disco ball or whatever? Yeah,
0: hell yeah, dude.
4: Yeah. Uh, and it also... What's going on, man? It also reminds you how hot uh, Adrian Barbeau was back in the day.
0: Oh, she's hot as hell, dude. Mm.
4: But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie more for the Snake Plissken character. Right. Which, you know, when you were reading these uh, other actors that they wanted to... Um, I don't see anybody else playing him.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Which, um, the this remake that I've heard they've been trying to do is going to be horrible. Especially with the actors they're trying to get to replace Kurt Russell.
0: The Rock, right?
4: Oh, uh, no, that's Big Trouble in Little China.
0: Oh, okay, thank God for that at least.
4: Wait,
5: you uh, are remaking Big Trouble in Little China with The Rock?
4: Yeah.
0: yeah, we talked about it a couple of weeks
1: ago, man. Oh, I, miss <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I endorse that one. I'm fine with that. Yeah. What? I, I'm I I'm the fine with.
2: Jack,
0: are you fucking kidding me, dude? That's what no. I think, I
1: think I think the Rock is an incredibly talented actor.
4: I oh, think the I, Rock I, is... I like him
0: too. But is he going to play Jack Burton? Come on. Yeah, dude.
4: that's that's my only problem. I'm fine with him in the movie, but I don't want him to be Jack Burton. I don't know. I think
1: I, I think he would fit into that role really well. He brings something new to it. Wow. I, I I wouldn't I want to see. It, him. I wow.
5: think Anybody Let's in that role? It's him. But it's kind of like the Goonies, man.
0: Probably not one you should be remaking. Probably, yeah. I guess I guess I guess we shall see, huh?
4: Yeah, I, I enjoyed a rewatching this. It um it is dated. It was a good rewatch for me. It was um I enjoyed it. Not too much I could really say about it. It's it's still not going to crack my my top list of John Carpenter movies though.
0: All right, well, cool, Jack. Uh, what's your score, man? Um, i I'm, uh, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm at a seven. Seven's fine.
0: That's pretty good. Pretty strong, yeah. man. What well, what were your what were your favorite elements of it?
1: I think it's just that Kurt Russell is so good in the movie. No yeah. um, shit.
0: No you know, shit. Like is the Kurt Russell show.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have a ton to do, but I don't know. He just has like the the good mix of badass and mystery. You know, like they don't really go into it very much with who he is and where he came from, and right. All but everybody all that knows shit. who he is. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they add some bullshit lines like, "Oh, did you do that mission?" in, you know, X, Y,
0: Z. Right, and then he <laughs> robbed, you know. he robbed the bank or something. That that's what got him in jail.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shit like that. You know, it's it's pretty... Uh, I, I think it's just that he is so good that the movie works. If it wasn't Kurt Russell in the role, this would probably be nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I just good think that point. he's... He elevates it quite a bit. And, you know, just the way it ends. And I think that people, when this movie came out, obviously I wasn't around when it came out, but I have a feeling that people craved this kind of hero. You know, somebody who just, like did his job, got in, got out, did what he was supposed to do, but, like, just still didn't give a fuck, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, like, him, I, I could see a crowd, an audience in, you know, 1981 sitting through that movie, and at the end of it, when he's ripping the fucking cassette apart, probably clapping for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's
5: like that Judd Nelson character. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got it, got Raises it. his fist in the air. Yeah. All right.
0: Fuck you. <laughs> so, hey, so, Jack, let me ask you this, okay? Compare compared these guys to Kurt Russell. You ready? Yep. Uh, say yay or nay, okay? Uh, yay or nay in terms of uh, uh, for, uh, who's bet, better? Better than Kurt Russell if they'd been oh. in it. Okay. Chuck Norris. Worse. Tommy Lee Jones. Worse. Clint Eastwood.
1: That's tough. It's too old. But well, not at We're the time. Though. Man. He
0: was too old in eighty one. Nah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> He was too old in eighty one. Hilarious. Like, that guy the a guy's, a guy's not dinosaur. fucking Methuselah. Yeah, But, like but, yes, he is. but He's you can't try. a thousand
5: years old.
1: <laughs> but you gotta think of it from the perspective of of then it's another Clint Eastwood Lee Van Cleef movie, and then it's interesting.
0: Okay. Because those guys did some
1: of the best fucking westerns ever. So
0: Alright, so what about Charles Bronson?
1: I'd say Nay. Because then it's just Death Wish 6 or whatever.
0: All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so some great points, man. Uh, what about you, Dan?
3: I'd, I'd got to go with like a 7 as well. I mean, Excellent. it de- definitely earns its cult classic status.
0: Right. All right, well, I'm going to go a little bit above you guys. I'm going to actually give it an 8.5. Mm. And some of that might be the factor of, uh, you know, just. The memories that I've got of this movie with my dad you know and and we'll just leave it at that so Philip, what about you man dude the movie by itself would get a 5 but with Kurt Russell in it
5: it brings it up to a 7 because of the character that's the reason you're watching this movie to watch this classic kick ass American hero character a real American hero huh one could say G.I. Joe motherfucking 101 all right,
4: Brian. I'm going to go six. Um, six? Oh, yeah. dude. Fucking ice pick
0: through my heart, man.
4: Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, I I love him as the Snake Pliskin character. Right. And uh, another actor in it that I totally forgot to bring up, that every time I see him, I got to go check out some of his older movies, Tom Atkins.
0: Oh, yeah, he's awesome, dude. Halloween 3, man. Season of you the
4: know, uh Night of the Creeps, Creep Show, all, all those right. movies, The Fog. But it just it, it doesn't seem like a movie that I, I would revisit a lot. Right. So I give it a, a six on 10. Cool. All
5: right. Uh, so listener feedback. Uh, friend of the show, Kevin Nez, has been keeping us up to date on the adventures at the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, you can hear all about it on his podcast and the Mike Ned pod, Mike Mac Nez podcast on iTunes. Sorry about that, brother. Yeah,
0: lucky lucky bastard, man. He's he's uh he went to the entire San Diego Comic-Con and he's been keeping us up to date on his uh podcast which is Macnaz, it's M A C - N E Z. And this uh this lucky son of a bitch met up with a bunch of friends there and fucking chilled out and partied the whole weekend. He's actually saw Slayer there. He's he met wow. seven or, seven or eight really really good actors that we love in in awesome. what we cover here. And, uh, yeah, basically just had a great time while we were fucking sitting around here pounding our puds. So, anyway.
5: Hey, and he's been super active on our Facebook page, so appreciate it for that, man. Keep it going. Robert Anthony Richard from California wrote us to say, uh, you just finished episode eight, uh, good talk on Star Trek and a trip down memory lane for Enemy Mine. Uh, somebody mentioned Dennis Quaid was the poor man's Harrison Ford. <laughs> Funny, I always thought. He would be able to fill the Indiana Jones hat if Harrison Ford could never do it. Also on last week's podcast, got to disagree with you, Lance Langford, on Frankenstein, book to film. It's a great classic, but really strays from the book. Great show, guys. Enjoying it all. Thanks a whole lot, Robert Anthony Richard. All right, or
0: otherwise known as Baba Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
5: And then Cynthia, we got a lot of listener feedback today, man. Cynthia Talbot from uh, The Woodlands. Uh, Texas, sent us a really sweet interview with Arsenio Hall and Jason Voorhees. Uh, thanks for that video. It was pretty awesome. Marcy Papandria from... Man, I'm sorry. I know, so dude. Luck. She's my friend on Facebook. I'm sorry, Marcy. <laughs> from uh, Melbourne, Australia, commented on our, our talk about Westworld. Uh, she said, just to fact check, you guys, Westworld was a film by uh, Michael, Crichton, Michael Crichton, not a book. Uh, he wrote and directed it, and uh, the show is based on that. Ed Harris in the Yule Brenner role, too. Uh, so thank you, Marcy, for the information. Uh, we had thought it was really originally based off a book, but just goes to show how talented and versatile the late Mr. Crichton was. And I think that's it for listener feedback. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, check us out on the Facebook page or follow us on the podcast at... Uh, we got www.facebook.com slash horror returns, uh, or you can find us on the Podbean at TheHorrorReturns.Podbean.com. returns.podbean.com, or just click it in the little search bar, Horror Returns.
0: Yeah, and as always, we want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Horror Returns. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. You can always reach us at horror returns at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news, reviews, and interviews, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash TheHorrorReturns and follow us at Twitter at at horror underscore returns. You can find us on Podbean at thehorrorreturns.podbean.com. Also, look for us on iTunes. And if you like what you hear, please rate us and review us so we can continue to get those numbers up And bring you guys bigger and better stuff. And as a matter of fact, now that we are going into the August month, we've got a contest that we're going to be rolling out now involving iTunes reviews. Uh, Brian, you want to tell us a little bit about that and how it's going to work and what the guys can win?
4: Yes, we're going to be choosing an iTunes review at random. And the winner will receive the Horror Returns t-shirt.
0: The Horror
5: Returns t-shirt? Oh, that's amazing!
0: (laughs) I want one. Everybody wants one, man. They're the hottest thing going right now, man.
5: It's for charity.
0: So fucking badass! All right, so Brian, so basically, all all they have to do is is uh, subscribe to us on iTunes or just go in there, listen to an episode, and just simply leave a review. It's that simple.
4: Yes, um, you can go to our Facebook page. There's a link that you can click on. It'll uh, send you to iTunes, or you can just go to iTunes and search The Horror Returns.
0: Awesome, dude. Well, next week, we are going to be bringing you the second in our series of Horror Icon Retrospectives. This time, we will be focusing on Wes Craven. And the week after that, we will be doing the first in a series of shows, The Year in Horror, and this one's going to focus on 1960. So we're going to start with 1960, follow the the top horror movies of that year, and then every once in a while we're going to do a show that's the year after that. So so we are going to be reviewing three influential movies that were released that year. So, until the horror returns again, good night. Alright listeners, this is actually going to be our first ever The Horror Returns Addendum episode. You guys get a bonus this week, because there was so much passion, especially on the part of our wonderful guest, Mr. Jack the IV, about this wonderful film, The Suicide Squad, that we just had to do a special, spoilerific 30-minute episode. So, without any further ado, let's get into it, and Jack, since you were the one who really wanted to uh, tear the roof off this mother, as they say, why don't you go first?
1: Yeah, um, I'd actually love to open this up with a question. Um, what the fuck was anybody doing in this movie at any point? <laughs> All
2: right, fair
5: enough. That's a very broad question.
1: <laughs> like, uh, Okay, so so taking it from the plot, right? Um, we get an introduction to Deadshot and an introduction to Harley Quinn. Right. Then we get a scene from Amanda Waller explaining that she's going to do something with getting the worst of the worst together. Then we get another introduction to Deadshot and another introduction to Harley Quinn and a bunch of title cards and some introductions to some other fucking people with more title cards. And then they're told that they have to go and do what Amanda Waller tells them to do. But. That, and then they're like thrown into a situation that they're like nobody ever explains what the fuck they're doing there, which I would think that like you would want to do if you're going into a war zone. You might want to explain to the people who are going into the war zone with you, like, what the fuck you're doing there. But I guess that was cool by them. They didn't really fucking have a choice. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess my biggest problem is, like, I don't really understand anything about the plot of this movie.
0: Yeah, well, I, I kind of enjoyed the first half hour, like I said before. But I I thought everything fell apart after that. But now that, now that you're putting it this way, it's kind of like, you know, what in the fuck were they thinking from the beginning, right? I mean Philip what what did you think man? Yeah, I mean I guess that kind of makes sense. Why in the hell
5: was Enchantress A what was she doing? I mean there was some big spell going on obviously. And I assume that she was trying to take over the world cuz that's what we do every night. But sure. uh <laughs> I, I, they never really explained why or how or whatever. And you're right. That's a good point, man. They never even said to the uh to the Suicide Squad members, "Hey, this is what you're doing, and here's why. They were just like, hey, you're going to go kill this person. All right, let's
4: it, go. It would have been nice. We would have known what was going on.
0: Yeah, and did, did they not fucking hire the Enchantress to do something for them? And then, what, she fucked up, or she got out of their control, or something like that, and then they yeah. had to come in and pull these guys in to, say, pull their bacon out of the fire, or something like that? Yeah,
4: that, that was, okay, what was the point of having her heart? That's the I thing, the you... movie... Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I go ahead. I just, I didn't. I just thought of it. I thought the whole purpose of having the heart was to control her.
1: Yeah, like, so the movie goes to all these lengths to like set up rules for for the characters, right? Like Harley Quinn is supposed to not give a shit about anything but getting back to Joker. Even though at the end of the movie, when presented with an option to get Joker back. She chooses to do something else, which I'll get into in a minute, which is fucking r- ridiculous, but mm. but like so enchantress, you're supposed to have the magical <laughs> like how do you heart feel jack uh, oh God, um but like you're supposed to have the magical heart to control her, right, and they right? display that happening, but then like she gets sent on a mission with her fucking boyfriend and like immediately just pieces the fuck out. then Amanda Waller destroys the heart and it does nothing. What the fuck was that about? It's a
3: good
0: point. Pretty ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's because
3: she got her brother back, and her brother gave her a piece of his heart. I guess. Did he? Like, okay.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. He did.
1: But didn't the brother only come back because the enchantress like brought him back?
3: So uh, she broke him out of the vial that uh, the similar that one, one that, that he he pecky, she, she yeah. was stuck in. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, okay. That's right.
3: Um, But as far as, like, what the fuck is actually happening, there's a very, very clear point uh, right after the 60,000 introductions, which I I did thoroughly enjoy sitting through them. But going back and realizing that, yeah, there's definitely two introductions for Harley Quinn and Deadshot and, like, kind of an introduction for everyone else, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's fairly problematic. They made it obvious who the main characters were. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah.
0: really they really rushed through everybody else's intro, didn't they?
3: Yeah, and then once we get through all those intros, uh, it basically cuts to three days later without telling you that it cut to three days later. And there's this huge world ending event that you don't know what's happening, you don't know why it's happening, you don't even know what she's doing besides her fucking gigolo dance in front of her magical <laughs> light show. Right. Like, why the hell is she dancing the whole time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of wondering that, too. Hey got, guys, she's got am a big-ass
3: I... cloud in front of her.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, hey, am, am I the only one who got a Ghost Ghostbusters vibe from this whole fucking bullshit? Oh, totally. Shit? Yeah. Yeah. Special effects. I can see that. Go- Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters too, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and cross that with, uh, you know, uh, car sale, dealership, wacky... Wavy, arm flailing, too, oh, man. Oh,
2: come on. Dress her up as the
3: Enchantress. <laughs>
1: wow. Ugh. But, like, so, so, you know, not even really getting into, like, the meat of the things that they fucked up about the characters. Like, the double introduction of certain characters. Like, wouldn't it just have made more sense to cut out the first two introductions and cut out the first Amanda Waller explaining what she's doing scene, and just consolidate all that shit by making it start with a conversation in the government room around a table saying, you know, the ex Superman might not be good or whatever. Like, what was the point of having that conversation twice?
0: That was kind of dumb, wasn't point. it?
1: point. Yeah, it really... It's just... The biggest... And, and, you know, I think we all kind of alluded to it, but the biggest problem in this movie is the writing. Like, just nothing... There's no logic added to the proceedings at any point in the fucking movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you know, this is now a world where obviously the Flash exists and he's somehow like working with the government on some level because he caught Captain Boomerang, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. That was actually a pretty decent scene. I kind of enjoyed it. But, like,
1: why wouldn't. Why is it that you would grab uh, a woman with a baseball bat and a guy who never misses? Like, why are these the people that you're sending to go and fight some, like, ethereal force? Wouldn't it make more sense to contact, like, the Flash and Batman, who we find out at the end of the movie, she's in contact with,
0: anyways, dude? I was thinking, where the fuck is Batman this whole time? Uh, Like, I
1: don't understand it it just seems like this whole problem is way above these fuckers pay grade. <laughs>
0: That's a great way to put it. I,
1: I like and then fucking the the Rick Flag character
0: Watch people out
5: of prison cuz that'll go well.
1: I, I just don't understand the logic. And then like there's that scene where they're in the bar and Will Smith, you know, he's got to do his hero shit, right? He's like, right. you know, man, we almost pulled it off. Nobody thought we could. You know what I literally said? I turned to my my uh, girlfriend and I said what the fuck is he talking about? Like who thought they were pulling what off and that they almost did? Like what the fuck is anybody talking about in this fucking movie? <laughs> I, oh, it's awful. And it doesn't even get to Joker and Harley. So so are you guys like um are you guys like big Batman fans? Like are you into Harley Quinn or Joker or any of that stuff?
0: Not 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 at all. I I like the movies. I actually sure. like the uh, the eighties. Uh, I, I especially like the Michael Keaton films. Okay. And I really, really enjoyed um, the original Joker in those movies. But uh, I mean, of course, he's, Heath Ledger was good as the Joker. But of the three new Batman movies, I really kind of only enjoyed that middle one. I did. I didn't like Batman Begins that much. I thought it was kind of slow. And Ooh, I, I thought that it. The Dark Knight Rises. I thought the Bane was just a fucking joke. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's my opinion. And sure. to to be honest with you, I haven't read that many of the comics, so I'm probably not the you know Batman expert here.
5: Sure. Yeah, and I'm definitely not a DC expert at all. But Batman is the one that I'm the most familiar with, and uh, I I love the new Batman movies with uh uh Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really looking forward to Affleck as Batman. I say I'm really looking forward to him because you didn't really see a lot of him. Yeah, you didn't really see a lot of him in this movie. And then uh, even in the Batman versus Superman, there was just too much other stuff going on to focus on one character. And so I'm hoping that with him directing this new Batman movie, that it's going to be kick-ass. Oh, he's a hell of a director.
0: I I don't think I've ever seen a a film that that he's directed that I haven't enjoyed. But I'm a Mm. Batman fan.
5: And I know enough about Harley Quinn and the Joker to... To know that I did not like the Joker. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> what about you, Dan and Brian? What, you guys knowledge like you know a lot about their dynamic or kind of just tertiary um,
4: shit. A little bit. Uh, I'm I'm just now getting back into the comics, so yeah. I'm not too familiar.
3: Yeah, i I've read quite a bit of Batman. Not a lot with Harley Quinn in it. Uh, Harley Quinn is basically Stockholm Syndrome personified. Right. Right. Uh so like just the fact that that's being glorified as like this new cool superhero and they don't really address the like mental health issues of it. Right. Right. It's right, right. is, is not a great portrayal, but as far as like adaptation goes, that's not portrayed really anywhere that I've ever seen. So Sure. Sure. Not super shocking. Uh again, I just view it as a missed opportunity for them to have a conversation that is probably good for some people to have about mental health. Um, yeah,
1: I don't See, know. I'm big on on in franchises. Like you have to you have to pay attention to the right things. You know, if it's if it's Star Trek and it's the Star Trek reboot, you need to make sure that you understand the essence of the crew and like what makes them important and what makes them who they are. And that's why I like Star Trek Beyond so much because it got back to that, like understanding that this is how Spock interacts with Bones, and that Kirk is, you know, the, the the fact that he was reflecting on his place in the universe really served his character well, you know. But I think that there's a line that you have to get to when you're making these these franchise movies, where you have to understand and respect what the character is to begin with, and then make your new thing with certain fundamental characteristics intact you know with batman like the whole him killing a lot of people in batman v superman is pretty valid i mean there's a lot of collateral damage there and there's not much said about it in the way of like um you know alfred saying hey maybe you're going over the edge or whatever like nobody ever says that to him so it's a little weird in that movie Um, in this movie harley and joker in, in in the animated series, it's where Harley Quinn comes from. The whole idea is that, yeah, she's Stockholm Syndrome, like you said, and she's infatuated with the Joker. But the Joker sees her as like a toy to play with. He doesn't actually mm-hmm. love or care about her. Like, he's not ever going to go out of his way to, say, break her out of prison unless it's serving some ulterior motive to fuck with Batman. Like, that is what Joker does. That's, par- that's core to his character. To be so fair, to, I didn't get a whole lot of Joker really
5: caring for Harley in this movie. Even though I don't know, that's all I got.
4: Yeah, so, I, that's all I got too. Because he spent majority of the movie trying to free trying her.
1: Savor. Yeah, I mean, it was the one scene where he killed Common because it's his girl, and like jump oh. in the fucking vat of chemicals because you want to live for me, and you know, yeah, uh, all, all that it. shit. I don't know. Oh. I just, I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't believable for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a problem too. I mean, it's not they want to have their cake and eat it with this fucking story. It's like you want to make it so that uh, they're they're like some star crossed lover bullshit, but they don't even put the time in to make you believe that. But right. I, I just felt that it was it was fundamentally flawed with both of those characters. Like Harley, at the end, when Enchantress tells her that she'll see Joker again. That The way that this movie could have redeemed itself would have been right there if Harley said, yep, I'm on Enchantress's side for the rest of the movie, and that's it. Like, that's what that should have been. Right. But the fact that she turns and she says, no, you messed with my friends, that's bullshit. That's completely against her character and everything they've set her up for for the whole fucking movie. Like, that's turning her into a hero. She's not a fucking hero. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Point. Well, damn, man, when you explain it like that. <laughs> it, it's tough, man. And then, like, I, not to keep harping on things, but, like, does anybody have a problem with Batman putting a child in the way of a bullet? Like, is everybody cool with that? Like, I'm not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah dude yeah. come on man I mean Batman was only in this movie for like what maybe two minutes or less yeah
1: and they managed to fuck up one and a half of those minutes like what kind <laughs> of fucking assholes are running DC these days Right. like why I, I just don't buy that Batman I don't care if it's the guy's daughter like why just why I don't get it like why would he stand there and let a kid stand in the way of a bullet even if it's a, if, if it's the guy who's shooting the guns kid like that's not Batman.
0: Yeah, but in all fairness, uh, wasn't that just a fantasy sequence? I mean, no, that, no, no, that no. didn't that really was... happen, did it? Yeah,
1: that was real. That was
4: when he arrested Deadshot. That's
0: Are you probably... fucking serious dude? Yeah, 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 that was real. Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, and I have a question. How does why does how does she know Batman is Bruce Wayne? Uh, is everybody dude... gonna is everybody gonna know he's Bruce Wayne now she's, or she's Amanda
3: ever... Waller. That's kind of her job is to find shit out, find out secret stuff.
1: I guess everybody just knows everybody's secret identities in this world, so that's cool. Also, like so Slipknot, right? Let's talk about Slipknot for a minute. So, none of these characters mean anything to me. Like, right. walking into this movie, I don't I don't give a fuck about anybody really. Like Harley Quinn maybe, but that's it. Um, so Slipknot whatever shows up. He shows up and I think maybe 2 minutes later he's already dead. <laughs>
0: we were we were laughing about that dude that, well, that that was the shortest screen time ever
1: well in a in a in a better fleshed out script you would have spent a little bit of time with him so that when he dies you understand that like they're not fucking around with these people you know what i mean right? it's supposed to be a decent moment in the movie sure. and instead it just plays as like i don't know like a weird punchline for boomerang like I don't. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and, and Boomerang was the guy who talked him into it in the first place. You know.
1: Yeah, that fucking asshole.
0: No shit. <laughs> I kind of like the characters on Arrow a little bit better than I liked him in this movie. To be honest with you, it's I thought I thought more... they were they were a little bit better on the TV show Arrow. More development.
1: Yeah.
5: You can't what? have a throw a character in there with no development.
1: Yeah, that's that's a big problem throughout the whole movie, and and like. You know, maybe I was a little bit quick to judge with Joker just because, like, he's not in the movie much. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough to say one way or another how I feel about him. But at the same time, that part is supposed to be a magnetic sort of, like, bombastic part. And for a guy that was sending his co-stars used condoms and fucking Playboy magazines and dildos and shit, I think that he kind of wasted his time based on what's on the screen because yes. I don't think he did anything unique um,
0: okay, you know what? Was I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna disagree with you guys. I I really en- I really enjoyed his performance, guys. I really I thought know. he was good. Yeah, he wasn't in there very long. But yeah. let me put it to you this way: I'm definitely intrigued enough to see what he's going to do in the next Batman movie.
1: I, I'm I'm like half intrigued. Like I don't really care. That's that's what bothers me. Like he didn't give me anything to care about.
5: Yeah, he was supposed to be that character where when you saw him, you wanted more. You know, and i i didn't get that from him. Like when I saw him, I was like, ah, oh, that's it.
0: Yeah, I, I did i did want more guys. I I really enjoyed Leto in this role. I really did. I mean, i, I every every one of you guys is calling me an idiot right now and saying I'm no, bullshit, no no no, but I I really thought he was he was damn good. I thought he brought something different. Yeah, um,
3: I'm kind of with Lance that I enjoyed watching him, but I mean, he obviously didn't have anything to work with as far as story or script.
5: Yeah, and I'd give him, an, I'd give him another opportunity. I want to give him another opportunity. I want to see more. Oh, sorry, uh, but uh, it's what he did in this movie. I wasn't super impressed with.
4: Yeah. I, I have a quick question for everybody. Uh, going through Facebook here, um, did you guys find Killer Croc racist? His character.
0: <laughs> so what? You know- then he, just because he wanted BET? Come on, Brian
2: uh racist it
5: definitely had a like a Louisiana style thing going you know but uh yeah i guess a little bit racist well yeah they
0: they were all in Louisiana right in that maximum security prison
5: is that where they were i don't know he just sounded yeah. like he's from Louisiana
0: yeah. yeah at the beginning of the movie they made it clear that they were all in Louisiana mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's where the maximum security prison was
1: yeah well you know They did have to hit all their, uh, you know, important PC points, like, you know, a strong um, African-American lead, uh, a strong female lead. And then, you know, they had to go and have an Asian woman named Katana, who is a ninja or something. So, gotcha. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'm with you. So, in in other words, it's kind of like what uh, some people think Star Wars is doing with the new uh, Rogue One, huh? Four on ten.
1: Garrett Collins. (laughs) (laughs) Correct.
0: You read my mind. <laughs> that fucking
1: cocksucker. <laughs> um, all right, so question for you guys. The, so the movie takes place in Midway City. Right. Um would you guys have liked it better if it was say Gotham?
0: No. I, no, better? with David Ayer, I would have preferred LA, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd, I think uh, that's his that's his that's his uh, that's his forte. That's what he's used to. He he's a West Coast guy all, all the way, and I think if they'd made it more obviously, West Coast, and more obviously, L.A. Like especially East L.A. That that probably would have fit in more with what the the director writer style is. I think if it was
5: Gotham, then you'd really have the question of why is Batman not involved?
0: Exactly. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. I... Goth- Gotham is supposed to be Chicago, right, guys?
1: Yeah, kind of. See, I I had a thought about it that in, in thinking about like how. You know, if I was making the movie, how I would fix it. Right. I think the smart thing to do to explain away a lot of the problems of, like, why isn't the Flash and Wonder Woman and Batman involved in this shit um, would be to somehow... uh, See, I don't know that it would work this way, but let's say you take Enchantress out of it, right? And let's say that, you know, Joker is the proper villain for the movie. Which is Um, what
5: I thought was going to happen.
1: Well, well, so if you made it at the same time as Batman v. Superman, right? Let's say that events are, are transpiring around the same time. It, it would make sense if Joker was taking advantage of the fact that Batman was focused on fighting Superman.
2: Oh, and yeah. takes
1: advantage of the city. And then it kind of gives Amanda Waller more of a reason to put some sort of team together. Since like the other metahumans aren't paying attention to this imminent threat. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense, but they made it crystal clear at the beginning of the uh, movie when they showed the casket and everything that it was definitely after Batman oh, oh, v Superman. Totally. I'm I mean, so it would... glad we got to see that funeral one more time. Oh,
1: yeah. But but to- totally understand that, but it would require a rewrite for sure. But sure. But if I was going about this and I wanted a credible way to, to like not include the fucking gods that are now in this universe,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's probably how I would attack it. I don't know. It, it, uh, I
0: don't know. This
1: is such a. It's just a, This movie's a huge missed opportunity to me. Yeah.
0: But. So you think there might have been a good movie in here somewhere if they'd done it completely differently, huh?
1: <laughs> I think. The, well, I think the pieces are there. You just, you know.
0: <sighs> I mean, every everybody loves a good antihero. Look at the Punisher on the current Daredevil uh, Netflix series, right? Sure. That was done well. Look at Snake pliskin Everybody loves Snake Plissken.
1: But, you know, you bring up Punisher, but look at the first episode where Punisher and Daredevil interact. And right. it's an entire episode of the two of them sitting on a rooftop talking about their ideology and what makes them who they are. And, and that's and
0: with Daredevil with... chained. And then the best right. fucking fight scene I've ever seen in my life, dude, when he yeah. goes down those that stairwell with the chain, yeah. fighting yeah. all those thugs, that was yeah. fucking a phenomenal.
1: But you know it's just it's the difference between the two movie studios right now. Marvel wants to get to the core of what makes these characters who they are, you know. Right. So when when they change things, they're changing them in a way that makes sense to bring the character into a new environment or new age, right? DC is just stuck spinning wheels and not getting to the core of what makes these characters important in my opinion. Like they're just not they're missing the point. They're they're bringing all the flash and they're paying attention to like the environment around the characters and building up who they are and making it an event when the movie comes out. It's just like I don't I, I don't know. It's just they're not bringing. I don't feel that I'm watching Joker on film in this movie. I think that I'm watching a guy who's imitating the Joker. You know, Ooh, because he's not. Wow. Yeah. He's just not he's not getting to the core of the Joker that I know from death in the family and death of the family, the current run that Leto based him on. He doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like the same character to me at all. Like, I don't know. I just, it's not connecting for me.
5: See, they probably should have had another few movies that involved all these characters without shoving them all into one. Like you can't have the Avengers without having Iron Man and the Hulk and all that shit first. For sure, no, that's the problem, man. They just hate. Hey, here's to rush Batman through it, huh? versus Superman, which is our introduction to the Justice League, which are a bunch of characters that you have never seen in a movie before, or you know, if they were, they were fucking forty years ago. They're just cramming too much shit into one movie, man, and they're and they're they're guilty of it in this one too.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the the most recent comparison is Civil War. I mean, Civil War. Is the thirteenth Marvel movie, I think? Twelfth or thirteenth. And the entire plot of that movie is predicated upon the twelve movies that preceded it. And it it understands that the audience knows who these people are, it introduces who it has to. It eliminates the need to make an origin story for Spider Man. You know what I mean? Like it it does it does a lot of smart things but it, it has the confidence in knowing and living in the world that it established. Like you have had plenty of time to get to know these people. So yeah. when at the climax of that film, when what goes down goes down, you understand it far better than you would if, you know, you're just meeting uh Scarlet witch and vision and winter soldier and black widow and, you know, go down the list in this one movie. Like it doesn't, it's just yeah. fucking weird. It's just a weird way to go about. If you about
5: saw it. Civil War without having seen any other Marvel movie before, you'd probably be fucking lost. And exactly Which where we what are. Which is what DC's
0: on doing on Squad. this bullshit yes. right now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Brian, what do you think about all this, man?
4: Uh, um, I'm kind of wishing I change my. I can change my rating. <laughs> well, what, what you, <laughs> let, let me
0: ask you this: What do you think about the ending, Brian uh, the the big uh, the big showdown with the Enchantress and, and the brother and everything?
4: Uh I didn't get it. Um El Diablo's more powerful than this ancient being, I guess, and I get I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I
5: thought that was a cool character, man. The El Diablo thing.
4: Yeah, I, mean, I really liked his character. He was
5: another one that didn't really have any fucking development behind him, but uh right. I thought
0: that was a cool scene. Again, I had no idea that it was Jay Hernandez.
4: Yeah, and there was a lot of buildup, I guess, for for Scott Eastwood in this movie. And oh yeah, what the fuck, he was man. a who the yeah. fuck was
0: Scott Eastwood? I never even saw him in this movie, guys.
4: He was a uh, uh, Rick Flagg's little uh, right hand soldier that he was always talking to. Apparently, they, he died. Right? He got bl- yeah. He's blown the
1: up. one who who uh, set the bomb off.
4: Yeah, that's
1: uh, Scott uh, Eastwood.
0: No shit. Okay.
1: Yeah. See, I in the speculation on the movie especially the last week i thought that maybe dc did something slick and they hid him in the movie and he was like i don't know why but i thought he was either going to be nightwing or hal jordan um based on yes. some of the early spoiler shit that i was reading yes i heard a lot about that yeah but and ap- then, apparently like, not
0: it's just like nothing <laughs> so all right okay so you can sum it up as what you've been saying all night jack missed opportunity
1: The the whole, yeah, man, the whole thing. I mean, I just... uh, And they're so dedicated to, like, building in all this backstory. Um, Right. Like, the Harley Quinn introduction scene, the second introduction scene, I should say, when they're doing the title cards for everybody, um, it flashes on the screen really quick on her freeze frame, but it says, uh, I think, implicated uh, or accomplice in the death of Robin or something. So... They're jamming it down our throats that they're definitely doing the death of probably uh, uh, oh, fuck um, Jason Todd, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, whatever. But... Yeah,
0: the second Robin, right?
1: Yeah, but it's just like I don't understand why they are so dedicated to like building in all of this ridiculous backstory before – they're just putting the cart before the horse, man. Like <laughs> – yeah, Think like they should this. have
5: come out with about six other movies before they did this shit.
1: Well it's it's just like so in Batman v Superman, right? It, and I'm I know I keep talking about that movie in relation to this one, but it's just because well, the problems are so similar. Like yeah. the the so they made it so that Gotham and Metropolis are across the bay from one another, right? Right. Okay. So that creates a gigantic problem from a storytelling perspective for the future because um, well, we all saw the end of that movie, and the soil is rising off the grave, so obviously Superman's not going to stay dead, especially with a fucking Justice League movie coming. Yeah, so Kind of like Spock, huh? Yeah, worse than that, though. So if you have a world where Superman exists like two miles from where Batman exists, then every single villain that Batman deals with, if it's moving forward from Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad... You're always going to have a problem explaining why Superman doesn't just show up and take care of business with him from this point forward, right? So then that means that most Batman movies I would think – but I thought this about Suicide Squad too and I was totally wrong. I thought that Suicide Squad would be a prequel and I figure that like solo Batman movies now have to be stories before Batman v Superman if Superman exists. You know, in the Avengers movies, right? they take Thor and Hulk and they just throw them away for like large chunks of the movie because you can't do anything with them when you're dealing with other humans. Right. Yeah. Um, it, the question becomes like, why don't the two fucking God characters just wreck everybody. Right. Um, so now like DC has just, in my opinion, written himself into a corner for the foreseeable future. And I just don't, I don't agree with it. And I don't get it. Like it's just
0: bad planning. Yeah, yeah, really, really piss poor, man. Yeah. Absolute piss poor planning. I mean, I don't know what DC's thinking. This, this, this is. Uh, I I even want to lower my score now after listening to you, Jack. You you've really convinced me, dude. It's <laughs> not, not a lot
1: of valid points. <laughs> yeah, like it's not.
0: Oh, God.
1: I, I just... And uh, then, like, it's,
0: it's, hard, it's almost hard to verbalize, isn't it? So
1: so check this out, right? You want to talk more bullshit about this movie? So, okay. So they're going on some uh, unknown mission, right? Which, right. at first, you think that they're going to take down Enchantress, but then like you find out that they don't even know about that, I guess, and that they're just going to a building to get somebody out of it. Okay, so think about how stupid this is. Amanda Waller is in this building, right? And she has staff with her. Now... I'm not even going to get into why she's in that building in the middle of the city cuz it was not even worth asking that question cuz that just is, is completely fucking stupid.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
1: why did she kill all of her staffers if she I knew that at one scene. point oh, wow,
0: that was the a suicide weird squad's going to have to get around. a weird fucking scene. What the hell just what happened? What the fuck?
1: Like, how...
0: She said they're not supposed to know this level of intelligence or whatever. Well, then what the
1: fuck are they doing on the Suicide Squad mission, dude? Like, what are they doing there? Ugh. It's so stupid. It's the dumb... Terrible,
0: dude. Terrible. I
1: I said that Batman v. Superman was the dumbest movie I'd seen this year. Yeah. I think that this one matches it.
0: (laughs) If not trumps it, huh? Ugh.
1: it's, It's rough, man.
3: It's really rough.
0: Well uh dan i want to hear some some last minute thoughts from you on this man
3: it's hard to defend um which is is unfortunate because i did really enjoy it sitting through it
5: that's what i was thinking i was like man i still stick by my score because it was really good i it was fun to watch but i the more we talk about it the more i'm like yeah you're kind of (laughs) right
3: yeah uh there's definitely loads of plot holes and I think they're more damaging to the DC universe as a whole than they are to the actual Suicide Squad movie mm-hmm. but that there are some pretty significant things like Katana shows up for no reason and where the fuck did she come from and why is she there because she's not part of the Suicide Squad because yeah. she doesn't she's like not being forced to be there so like no explanation on that end uh,
4: who, whose side is she on because she's uh, got Rick, she's supposed to be has Rick Flagg's back. I
3: know. Yeah, exactly. So, but, they, but
4: then she goes drinking with them.
5: That's what I was saying. I I, I really hope that Affleck gets his movie out before too long because, it, it, and I said that as soon as I was walking out of the theater because I was like, man, I don't know, dude. These DC movies
1: are kind of running themselves into the ground. I think that the potential of the Batman movie is is still pretty high. Um I think so, too. I, I think that Affleck is a guy that, you know, whenever you read about interviews with him talking about Daredevil and his experience making that movie you know it seems like the guy got into it because he he thought that he would never get a crack at batman ironic now in hindsight but uh-huh. right you know that that seemed to be his prevailing thought at the time was hey you know what i'm never going to be batman this is the closest thing i'm going to get you know the frank miller stories or or what got me into this so i'm going to take it and run with it and that you know didn't do well and then he had some bad years there um i've always liked affleck i mean when he was announced as batman i was it took a little while for me to get on board with it, but yeah, the more I thought did. about it, the more I was cool with it because yeah. he had just won Ferrargo. Um, the Town is a great movie. Gone Baby Gone is a great movie. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, The Town is awesome. Uh, Man, I, I was just going to ask you what, what you thought about all those movies because I thought they were all great.
1: I actually look at Ben Affleck as a modern Clint Eastwood. He has a very similar yeah. career trajectory. Oh, he does? Um, it, and with Warner Brothers, I mean, at this point, Eastwood just says he wants to make a movie. They give him a ninety million dollar budget. He makes it, and every like fifth movie, you get an American Sniper that outperforms everything from the rest of the year. You know,
2: right? He's right. just
1: a career guy, um, and I think that Affleck is is sort of patterning his career around a similar notion. So I think that having him be director, producer, writer, and have some of the creative control over what's going on. Is, is a great thing. Um, the problem that I'm seeing with this movie and Batman v Superman, though, is that both of them, it's very clear that they have been edited to shit. And there are multiple instances in this movie where you see it. I mean, there's that one scene where they get to the building where Amanda Waller's at the top floor. And if you notice, everybody's at the bottom floor and then, like, Harley Quinn runs to an elevator. You actually don't see her get on the elevator. It's just an awkward cut to the elevator rising with her on it. But... Right. Whatever. So she fights like three fucking assholes with pimple faces. And then she gets to the top of the elevator and everybody's already on that floor. Last I checked, um, elevators move faster than stairs do. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. (laughs) It's really awkward little thing. Um, And then like, did you guys, were you guys okay with the music in the movie? It seemed like it was super on the nose in every scene, like way too
3: much.
0: No, I I kind of enjoyed the music, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah. It, it was good music choices and had all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like
1: Amanda Waller shows up and it's sympathy for the devil. Ooh, edgy guys.
3: <laughs> yeah, and also, like, in the first 15 minutes, they probably blared through about 12 different songs. Yeah, so, yeah Harley
0: Quinn's You Don't a Own of, Me. They had a lot of songs in there, for sure. Yeah. But I, I kind of know. I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of uh, appreciated what they what they did with the the songs in there.
1: It's a it's a rough. This movie was a rough experience for me.
0: <laughs> it is a rough just, ride, huh? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I right. it's weird because I am looking forward to seeing it one more time, just to
4: make sure that I saw what I saw, kind of thing. You know.
0: I'm I'm sure you did, man. Where
4: yeah. where do you where do you think they're going with the Batman movie? Because they said there was going to be multiple villains in that one. I I think that the smartest thing that they can do to
1: try and salvage the future, you have to have Joker involved. And I think it makes sense to tell the Jason Todd story, in all honesty. Well, um, that sounds like what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I heard things about, you know, Deathstroke being a possibility. But, you know, especially after this movie came out, and there's like, you know, four or five minutes of, of the fucking Joker, um, I think if you have a Batman movie where Joker is then again sidelined, you're gonna have even bigger problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's. True. So you know that that's the thing though. See, that's the difference between Marvel and DC. Marvel is doing what they want to do, and they're planning things out three to four years in advance. DC is just reacting to everything that's happening to them, like. You know, people complain about the end of man of Steel and all the collateral damage so Batman v Superman has at least five fucking lines that tell you that they're fighting <laughs> in an abandoned block of the city right um, it, it, it's, it, I don't know it's just it's all reactionary and it doesn't I don't think that it breeds quality personally but.
0: do y'all think there's any chance that they would uh, shake hands and bring Deadpool into the DC universe? <laughs>
3: that would probably be the smartest choice they can make for the he's gonna hang season. out with Deathstroke <laughs>
1: on, only in my wet dreams
0: so. <laughs> alright fair enough alright so unless anybody else has anything to say about it I think that's probably the, the wrap up on the spoiler episode uh, Dan do you have any last thoughts no I think that's a good place to end it Brian
4: um, Will Smith was better than I thought he was gonna be
0: yep I would agree with you there, man.
5: I'm going to still stick by my same score and say that if you look too far into any movie, you're going to find some plot holes. But, yeah. I mean, I can't argue with anything that we've said here. And uh, I I still think it was a fun time to watch it. But I wish it was better.
0: All right. Well, cool. So, uh, Dan, uh, Jack, thanks a lot for coming on the show with us, guys. Thanks for having. Yeah, we yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, hope- hopefully, we can have you guys back soon. Cool, cool. And so, and I guess, until the horror returns again.
2: Good. Good. Good.